Welcome back to another episode of the Real Talk Podcast. We are here with episode 72. I am here alongside my two beautiful co-hosts, Cam Walsh and Tyler C. Whitmore. Uh, we got a decently packed episode for you guys today. Um, pretty pretty standard yeah. intro. <laughs> I just feel like, sorry. Yeah. Just get, getting excited at 9.15 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Um, pretty exciting stuff um we're gonna go through oscar nominations tyler and i are gonna run through the zone of interest we also had a had a busy week of trailers um so there's a lot of a lot of trailers not only are there a lot of trailers there are a lot of trailers just genuinely worth talking about um a lot of trailers i had a really fun time with um then we're gonna talk oscar nominations i think i said that already Uh, i'm gonna talk oscar nominations kind of go through um what we think was snubbed and just kind of you know, break down um, each of the big categories. Um, and then we're going to end it off with, uh, we're going to go through kind of the last probably decade and a half of Best Picture winners. And we're going to discuss who won the Oscar for Best Picture versus who we think should have won, um, which is going to be pretty much another Real Talk segment of dudes just naming movies, which, you know. You know what I'll, I'll say on that? A lot of people give Wikipedia shit. Shout out Wikipedia. <laughs> they did good with those. For having they a movie list of who's won. And then also in that same like same list, who was nominated. So shout out them. Makes it easy for me. A lot of people give you shit, Wikipedia. I'm not going to donate to you. <laughs> Every time you log on, it's like, hey, you want to donate to keep Wikipedia alive? I'm not going to. Um, but shout out you. I I had an old coworker um, who did donate. The only person I ever knew that yeah. genuinely donated to Wikipedia. Every time he would pop onto Wikipedia, <laughs> he would just give him a dollar or two. And I I watched this in the office. I watched this happen, and I always he was thought doing it was the, it on the company thing. card. Yeah. <laughs> But, Shout out uh, him keeping it alive. <laughs> yeah, really? it's because of him that Wikipedia still runs. Hell yeah. Um, before we get into our episode, guys, uh, again, as we've mentioned in just the last several times, we have sort of revamped our Patreon. We've made it a little more uh, accessible, a little more maybe advantageous for you guys. So if you won, even if you were a previous patron, make sure you take a look at the revamped tiers so you know uh, maybe what was removed and what was added for, for what you pay for. And if you're not a patron and you want to check out, you know, kind of what we've done to the Patreon, uh, take a look. Obviously, if you have any questions, all four of us uh, are, are all around. I should mention Seth is not with us. He has been feeling under the weather the last couple of days, so he's going to take a break this week. Um, but gentlemen, how are we? Cam, how's your morning going? How is your week? Good. The big note with the Patreon is our normal – Friday episodes are done. They're, they're releasing oh, yeah. on Good. Patreon. They've been uh, terminated to the, make a pun. I believe this is the the first week they are moved to Patreon. Five mm-hmm. bucks a month. Um, go, it's it hopefully um, isn't breaking the bank. If you really want to see those, I got a cat on my lap now. Um, but just that's like the big note. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I've been good. good. I've been good. Uh, it's been what two weeks since we've seen each other because we. We recorded mm-hmm. two episodes yeah. two weeks ago, and I missed one because um, my pipes froze. So that's just an absolute like that's just such an inconvenience not having <laughs> water. Um, and it's not something that like like you can live in your house because like our heat or power didn't go out, so we could live there. Um, but had to like 
had to like buy a bunch of jugs of water from the store, fill up toilet bowls like that. It's just just so unnecessary. Um, we ended. I forget. Up do you home. rent or own your house? Yeah, we rent. So was the, did the landlord kind of schedule the getting the pipes unfrozen and all that, or did you have to handle it? No. So the landlord's my sister. Uh, so oh, um, that changed things. <laughs> yeah. I love my sister dearly, but there is a reason like you don't rent from people that um, are in your family. Um, and there's also a lot of advantages to it, you know. Just but there's also just plenty of disadvantages. Um, it's it's a, it's a give and take. You just got to be willing to to give and take. Um, like I mentioned, like we don't have doors in a lot of places. It's just kind of. Um, but yeah. So we had to figure it out. We we bought heaters and and that ended up working. Um, but we did go to like my parents for a day. Uh, my parents were traveling, so we drove over to their house to do laundry. And they have like a much nicer um, washer and dryer than ours, so it was fantastic. Like we have to do like six, seven loads um, at this washer and dryer. And my parents, we could do like two loads, and they all dried on time. It was it was amazing. So that was great. Um, but other than that, not a whole lot going on with me. Been up. How cold? Like, how cold was it in Indiana when your pipes froze? It was negative. It, it was negative. I think the coldest it got was like negative eight, oh, maybe. Oh, um, Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, it, it was tough. Um, but now it's just man, Indiana's the worst. Now it's just like <laughs> thirty-five ish, but rainy for the past week. Um, truly terrible. Um, oh. But yeah, it's been a fine week. Been up early this morning. I did. I watched some of the the tennis match, George. I watched the end. Hell yeah! Um, until I until I fell back asleep on it um, for a little bit. But yeah, book travel to see Tyler. Going to see him next month. Um, so I will most certainly like miss whatever episode that is. Um, but maybe I can like record a little bit in his room and you guys can just act like I'm, I'll, I'll just record two hours sitting in his room and then you you can like overlay that in time. Uh, well, you're just visiting me for like a day and then it's like a bachelor party, right? Is like the main reason you're coming to Arizona. Yeah. 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 So I won't even see you for a day. I, I just honestly, right. Tyler, Tyler's my man picking me up from the airport. which I wholeheartedly <laughs> appreciate from the man. Yeah, it's funny. Like I texted you this when you when you tweeted out saying like, "Oh, like Tyler's the best to let me crash," and then you like blurred out the date you were coming. Yeah, I texted him like, "You didn't have to blur out the date because you texted me literally the uh, wrong yeah. date by like three months." Yeah, <laughs> I, I like texted you back. I'm like, "To confirm, you mean this date, right? Not like three yeah. months in the future." And you're like, "Yeah, I just messed that up." No, I messed that up bad. I don't know what was on my mind. Like why I was thinking. It, I think I sent like an April date or something. And I was mm-hmm. like. And also, it just wasn't a. Uh, I, I'm flying in on a Thursday. It wasn't that day, so yeah, it was just all all off. It was, it's fine though. Get to see Tyler, um, but yeah, not not a whole lot going on. Otherwise, rewatching Daredevil, George. That, that I know. I saw that. I saw. I, I need. I need to rewatch it, especially so before. Because when does the new season come out? Do we even have an official date? Uh, I believe it's supposed to be early next year, but. Um, okay. We will see about that with all the rewrites that it's gone through. And, and now it's just Daredevil season four. Yeah. Um, Which good. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. how dumb do you have to be yeah. to, <laughs> to spend the production budget on that thing is going to be like a hundred million more than like what it says, because they had to like write the season already and then scrap it and rewrite <laughs> and hire new people. Just like how dumb do you have to be Jesus. just to say, let's just make Daredevil season four. People like the show. Let's just do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they ever had plans otherwise. I, I don't know. My my assumption is they were trying way too hard to like 
interweave it interweave into the MCU. It, yeah. They probably had like Kang coming down or something. Like, yeah. In reality, make a season down. four and just yeah. say, yeah, this takes place in the MCU. And everyone would have been like, okay, cool. That yeah. Sure. Exactly. Makes sense. Also, but the no, first season talks about the MCU a good amount. Like it talks about the, really, like, I have to it mentions Captain it. America. It mentions Thor. Um, it mentions like all the crazy stuff going on in New York, like things like that. It's just, it, it, talks about the mcu so it was always one of those i was like kind of can it's like the agents of shield show where it was like yeah. kind of canon for a season and then they're like hey now it's not <laughs> it's it's weird they haven't showed up in movies so now yeah. they're not a part of the yeah exactly just what so much better than anything on disney plus man just so, yeah, so much obviously <laughs> um but yeah, that is not the bad comparison. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just saying like anything like I'm just talking like MCU TV. It's like wildly yeah. better. All three seasons are obviously. But so I think cool. I think Loki is like I like not, Loki a lot. Yeah, it's not it's Daredevil at its peak level. But I think it has like like we need to put the respect on Loki at, at yeah. least. Loki deserves it. respect. The rest. Yeah. Of them, not so, so does what if. No. Different story. <laughs> I don't like what Tyler. How's your week going? Yeah, it's been good. I've uh, been a busy week, gotten a lot of trivia 10 episodes filmed. So, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't already. But I, I'm I am loaded on episodes at this point because George, I know we're planning on filming ours today and that will wrap up yes, season sir. one. So, like the next like month and a half, I'm gonna have like YouTube videos scheduled and ready. So, got a lot of work done for that so that I can kind of take a break from YouTube for a bit since those will kind of just go through the motions of getting uploaded and all that kind of good stuff but been a lot of fun um work's been busy went to the reason we didn't record last weekend although we did upload an episode because we did two week, two episodes the weekend before was uh i went to flagstaff arizona uh well did a couple things so we stayed in flagstaff arizona which is like a northern ish arizona and then we drove about an hour and a half two hours to the east to go to the grand canyon first time seeing that pretty fun time like it's something that i feel like everyone should see once especially like in america but like you know it's kind of just one of those things at the end of the day that you look at and you're like yeah that's, that's awesome but you know it didn't really change my life or anything but it was still fun to see pretty crazy big just hole. big hole indeed Massive. Big hole, but, <laughs> but it is it, it was neat to see and then we went to two different like calling them a zoo is kind of the wrong thing it's like arizona is kind of a bit like the wild wild west i like to call it like the australia of america we went to one zoo on the way up there that's called out of Africa. That's basically this private owned land that just has like lions and stuff like that. And they had cool shows. Like they had like this swimming with the lion. They, we got to watch them feed the lions where they just like yeeted full, like dead horses over like a fence and just watch the lions absolutely devour them. Um, but it was a fun time. It was just like a very immersive zoo experience. It wasn't like you're looking at things in like cages. It's kind of just like they're roaming around and it's almost like a little safari within Africa. And we went on this, you get to go on this little bus ride through some of the segments. And like we got like zebras would just come right up to the bus, which had like windows wide open. And we fed, we all fed giraffes. So come up to the bus. There's like big longhorns. It was just kind of a cool experience. Uh, that was a fun time. Um, and my tour guide was the guy driving the bus is like this dude who has been a stuntman and like a shit ton of action movies. And he was talking about it the whole time Then I like looked him up on IMDb. I'm like, this dude's film bag is, is deep. He was, can't remember all this stuff, but like a lot of crazy stuff, like all the born movies, like he was just like a stuntman, a ton of stuff from like 1990 all the way to like five years ago. And now he just kind of just chills in a safari for his free time, which is just like, and he has a pet wolf. So it's just like such a typical, like stuntman move. Like he literally has a wolf that's like, 
he domesticated and just like lives in the house with him. Like I'm like, this dude's wild. <laughs> but then after we went to the Grand Canyon, we went to a different place called Arizona, which is similar. It's like a drive-through, like you just like kind of drive through a nature preserve where there's just like bears everywhere, just chilling, just right up against your car. Um, that was pretty fun too. Fed some otters. They're always a fun time. Look like Lila from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And then what else did we do? Yeah, we went up the on Flagstaff Mountain where all the snowboarding skiing is. Um, yeah, and then just popped by Sedona on the way back, which is where we got engaged last year. So it was all, all in all a fun road trip throughout northern Arizona. Saw some stuff that we're trying to leave at the end of this year to move back to Texas. And it's kind of like if you live in Arizona or like you live in the state where the Grand Canyon is and you don't see the Grand Canyon, it's one of those things that years down the road would be like, why the hell didn't we do that then? Why are we going to fly there just to see it? Like we literally live there. So we knocked off some bucket list stuff. So that was fun. But then had to take a day off work so then this this week of work's been super busy and then like in a week not next week but the week after i'm going out to augusta south carolina for work for a week so got to do a lot of pre-work for that so been busy with work been busy with youtube but all in all it's been uh been good and it's uh been a while since we talked so i'm excited to kind of chat movies again with you yeah every time we miss a weekend it feels like we've missed like a month of talking to each other <laughs> i swear mm -hmm. to god yep um my my week was good um before we started recording i was kind of telling tyler that i'm like back into work like fully back in obviously i i missed a lot of work over the last couple of months but i'm back in it so i've been just one busy just catching up but two also just busy with like everything i need to accomplish moving forward um just because you know a, a big part of my job and i'm sure it's a big part of your jobs as well you know we have just a lot of like goals that I need to hit in Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. So um, a lot of catching up, but also a lot of just like moving forward and like preparing for the year as a whole. Um, so just busy as fuck. Worked from home all week um, just because I wasn't feeling too hot for a lot of the time. And even if I like don't like get diagnosed with anything or even if I don't have a fever, they say if like, if I don't feel well, just stay home. Like don't risk anything or else then they'll like keep me in the hospital for a couple of days, which I don't need. Um, so work from home, which, uh, which allowed me to check off a lot of movies and then tennis the last two weeks, the Australian open was going on. So my entire life was pretty much consumed by just work and tennis, which not entirely complaining about. I fuck with tennis. I watch a lot of tennis. Um, but that's about it. Uh, before we move on to what have we been watching? um cam and tyler i need your nfc and afc predictions for today i uh i just texted my friends that i get bad vibes from a 3 p.m uh eastern start from the chiefs ravens games to where it just screams the chiefs hmm. um why, everything, why? i don't know i don't know <laughs> it, there's no real reason it's just like not a prime time game I don't know. Prime time, you you bring it all in prime time. I feel like, and 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 you're gonna bring it all in the NFC or AFC Championship. But I don't know. Prime time, not being on prime time is just bad bad vibes. Um, so I think the Chiefs are gonna win, and then I think the 49ers are gonna win. Yeah, shout out Sammy J reacts. I just filmed the trivia time with him yesterday, but his episode's gonna be uploaded like two weeks after the Super Bowl. But obviously, he's a huge 49ers fan, so I was like, he's like very excited for the game. So I'm like, all right, well, comment down below making fun of him or congratulating him because this episode's <laughs> going up like after the Super Bowl's done for like several yeah. weeks. But um, yeah, I'm I'm predicting the 49ers. I feel like that's the more basic take. I feel like the Ravens Chiefs is more the game people can go either way. 
I want to pick the Ravens so bad. They are the favorite, but I, I don't know. The Chiefs just they just have that sauce. They have that playoff sauce. They they look so mediocre most of the year, but in the playoffs, they've been pretty locked in so far, especially against the Dolphins, against the Bills, they handle business. I, I think I think it'd be Chiefs Niners. <laughs> in a in a perfect in my perfect world, it's Ravens, Lions, and then Lions mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl. Um, but I like I, I'm I'm 99% sure the Niners will win. Like that that just kind of is unfortunately a lock. But who knows? Uh, unless, unless I'm forgetting something, it seems like each week like the less good quarterbacks have been slowly getting knocked off. So I feel like now it's like Jared Goff's time to be like the one getting knocked off. But I mean Brock Purdy doesn't really count because it's like his whole team's so goaded. But who knows? This all happened yesterday for people listening. George, who's your prediction? I mean, I, I don't follow football as closely as you do, but I, I'm, I'm going to predict the Chiefs just because I, I, I'm a big a big Patty Mahomes fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go with the Niners. The only reason I'm picking the Niners is because I was watching First Take one morning. I think it was Monday <laughs> or Tuesday. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. when I was working from home, I was watching First Take. And they were just smacking up on Brock Purdy. for like, no reason. man. It's just like clicks. But I, so now I hope he comes out and just silences the haters because everyone on that show was hating on Brock Purdy mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he um, might be a system quarterback, but so is Tom Brady. So it's, <laughs> it's fine. I will say also, uh, shit. Oh, my, my, I don't, I'm sure you've seen it, Tyler, but my favorite, I've all week, I've seen the you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain TikToks of Patrick Mahomes and of like, the 2018 it may have been 2018 playoffs where they were playing the um playing the uh, patriots and the whole map was red like e- everyone in the US was cheering on the uh chiefs Jeez. except except the like new england area and then it's like live long enough to see yourself become a villain and now the map is only in kansas city is red and then the whole <laughs> america is baltimore and those are about my favorite tiktoks all week i can't wait for them or it's like the Vader and uh, Obi-Wan meme. I don't know if you've seen that, George, but it, it is pretty funny. Those are my favorite. I'll send that to you. Uh, why Why does everyone hate the Chiefs? Is is it? It's just I the mean, dynasty thing. Like, do you uh, do you okay, really okay. want the Chiefs to win a third Super Bowl in five years? Like, yeah. Okay. Plus the Taylor Swift has added. Yeah, I, I, I was going to yeah, say, are, how much of it just, is Taylor Swift? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those people are just fools. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> All right, well, we haven't chatted in two weeks, so... What have we been watching in that time, <laughs> Tyler? Yeah, since it's been two weeks, I'll just pop through my watch list of things that like I'd prefer to talk about rather than go through everything. But um, watch Ex Machina for the first time. Yeah. Awesome movie. Had a great time with it. Very excited to then now dive into Annihilation here soon and get ready for Civil War and have all of Alex Garland's stuff ticked off. But Ex Machina is great. Loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fitting with like Terminator, which we are going to be reviewing, or Terminator 2 on Friday. You know, a lot of similar themes, but it was just awesome. And 2015, it's been almost 10 years now, but the, the visual visual effects are great in it. Um, rewatch the Nice Guys, fun time. Cam, I know that's like a five-star staple for you, but it is. It's peak, not quite man. there for me. Not quite yeah, there for me. Silly. You're silly. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things I liked a lot more than I expected to. I, it's such a divisive movie where some people like absolutely love it. Some people absolutely hate it. Um, but I had a great time with it. I mean, it's just, it was not at all actually what I was expecting it to be from the trailer, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons together on screen are just such a great combo. And then um, freaking uh, Tony Collette, anytime she's a mother in a movie that's kind of like, mysterious, you know, it's just gonna be a fucked movie. Like anytime you see her, I, like immediately when they went to the house and she was a mom, I'm like, okay, yep, I know what we're in for now. I think um, that's, uh, yeah, that sorry, that that's the only overlap of like my best of the decade list that I have with Doug. Oh, wow. 
I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, the Charlie Kaufman connecting you two. Yeah. Uh, watch the first Roadhouse since we're going to talk about the Roadhouse trailer. Um, it's just such a silly, stupid movie, but so much. Like, I had so much fun with it. Like, there's so many moments of it. It's so dumb. And the whole premise is so dumb. But I had so much fun with it. And looking at the trailer for the new one, which we'll talk about, it looks like it'll be similar. So I'm excited for the new one. Um, watch The Gambler. Had a great time with that. Very influential movie in terms of all the gambling movies you see nowadays. Is from 1974. It's with James Caan as the lead role. Uh, think Uncut Gems, 21, a lot of modern like gambling movies clearly kind of draw influences from this where, you know, kind of guys betting big, always digging himself in a deeper hole. And then even when you win, you know, you're kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not even feeling like great about this. Like I'm, I'm an addicted gambler. Like even when I'm winning and like out of this hole, I just want to dive further back into it. Uh, Rushmore had a great time with that. Wes Anderson's second film, I think, because Bottle Rocket, I think, was his first. So I'm getting the timeline right, but... Uh, I, I love Jason Schwartzman, man. Like he, he this Wes Anderson's now in three decades worth of brilliant, uh, brilliant directing, and I think Jason Schwartzman's now into three decades of awesome acting. Like at every age, he's been so fun to follow. Watch the whole Twin Peaks first season. Not that long of a season; it's only eight episodes. The first episode though is like a feature length, movie length. So diving fully into the Twin Peaks world, I know Seth's watching through him as well. Had a great time with season one. Uh, a lot that I probably missed and, and it's convoluted because that's just kind of David Lynch at the end of the day, but going to get going to start diving into season two, which is far longer. I think it's like 20 plus episodes, which Cam, I saw you make a TikTok about this saying that we need to get back to, you know, TV shows being longer seasons as opposed to just, you know, six episode seasons. So excited Nothing to dive deeper 20 into that. episodes these days. It's Nothing sad. is, man. Sad. Nothing is. Uh, and then lastly, watch the High School Musical trilogy. Rewatch that. And I was shocked how well they held up. I, I hadn't watched them since I was, you know, a kid, like middle school age. And I watched them a ton back then. I remember one of my first earliest movie memories ever is watching the first High School Musical when it released on Disney Channel for the first time. Like when it premiered, I was amped for it. High School Musical 2, obviously the bet on it scene was iconic of my childhood. And then High School Musical 3 was one of my first like theater going experiences I remember. I remember going with like my dad, probably the rest of my family, but I remember seeing that in theaters, witnessing peak cinema. Great, great trilogy. George and I, when we were waiting for Cam to join the call, we're talking before this episode saying like, it's crazy because he just rewatched the first one, I think only as well. But it's crazy how you can go like years without watching these and you watch it once and like every single song, like I knew every single lyric, like it immediately all popped back in my head. It was just like riding a bike and we're back in the high school musical world. Wildcats, get your head in the game. Um, but yeah, it's also funny because I, I wonder why they did this because his like desired college for basketball is University of Arizona, which are the Wildcats, but they're like the Red Hawks in the movie, like the U of A Red Hawks. So I wonder if one, it was just copyright and can't use it. Or two, the fact that they made their high school Wildcats. They're like, well, if we have another Wildcats as his college, it's going to get too confusing to say, like, <laughs> I want to be a Wildcat, but I am a Wildcat, which it would have gone with the whole theme because, like, once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat. Like, he would literally be a Wildcat at University of Arizona. I feel like it would have worked very well if they would have kept it. But no, they're the Red Hawks. Of course, spoiler alert, he ends up going to University of California, Berkeley. Um, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <college>. <laughs> yeah it's funny because there's like just simply a way better college in arizona but basketball yeah. wise obviously arizona would have been the better choice yeah, but, but berkeley's like probably i think it might be the best public university in america in terms of non-private but then i watched terminator 2 twice yesterday because i watched the entire thing until there's 15 minutes left and then um went to my room and then started watching it and then right, i was like oh, i want to watch this with you so i'm like all right let's run it back from the beginning let's go to go through <laughs> it again and then, uh, yeah, just went to bed after that. Watched Terminator 2 twice, and then I call it a day. So that's everything I've been watching. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Me. Can't. Yeah. Turn. All right. <laughs> Me. Uh, Dan, Me. 
Daredevil, dude. I've been I've been trying to keep up. I was doing really well, like earlier this year. I was keeping up. I was leading the pack for a little on like most movies watched. So it looks like I'm at 35 this year. I think George is at. I just looked at 52. Tyler at 43 or 45, and then Seth at 43 or 42. Yeah, keep um, up, guys. So yeah, I'm I'm in last now. But I, there was a while where I was keeping up, but now. I'm being consumed by Daredevil. And it's well, if so Letterboxd adds TV shows, you can log every single episode. And then you right back <laughs> See? Up. That's why it should be added. Um, I'm, I'm also cheating. So while I've been working from home, I've been just tossing on like these know, hour and 20 minute shitty horror movies. No, for sure. Not, and hey, you have full, you, you can do that. That's, that's, that's good stuff. But um, I, I really wanted to keep up. And already fall slipping, and now I'm getting the itch to go back to Star Wars and restart my or like just continue my Star Wars rewatch. You are muted if you're talking, Tyler. You're so you can to continue your Star Wars rewatch, or you're gonna yeah, restart yeah, again? No, okay. I'll continue. That's more. I was about to say you're crazy, bro. I thought you just started. The <laughs> no, whole I was like halfway. I was like halfway through Rebels, and now I'm like sitting here thinking, like, damn, maybe I should finish Rebels. It's it. So what it is is the Bad Batch trailer was a couple maybe earlier oh. this week or maybe last week um and i'm like ah maybe i should i need to catch up on that i'm so behind on the bad the, batch the bad batch is like one of those where it's like ah, the first season was fine and then the second season is like very very good in my opinion yeah i see i i think i made it like four or five episodes into season two i don't know why i ever stopped mm-hmm. yeah. i think something else had come out but i had stopped for some reason that's fair yeah i, I really love season two is really great um haven't watched any more 2024 releases um, just because I I gave up on just watching all the shitty ones that come out. But I do want to watch this new Spongebob movie. Um, I watched Mamma Mia. Here we go again, again, because it's just peak. I watched Now You See Me 2 again, because why not? Um, <laughs> Inside Out just crushes my soul every time. Horton Ears of Who we watched. The Greatest Showman um just one of the best soundtracks ever for for not a very good movie in my humble opinion um and bt barn or pt barnum's a real piece of shit not showing <laughs> up. uh both old boys first is a masterpiece um the american remake is a master deuce um, <laughs> and then i watched birdman uh i i wanted to like it more i really really like one shot movies i wanted to like it more um i still enjoyed it but but not as much as i'd hoped watched breaking dawn part one with emma um she likes to call that the best twilight movie um i disagree personally but it is it is like fantastic just watching Kristen stewart and uh robert pattinson on screen and you're like man they're really good actors now Um, i don't know what was going on here but they're like really really great actors now Hey, everyone's um, got to get their start somewhere. That's, that's fair. No, that's fine. Like, good for them for getting their start. Um, and then Victor- dumb Victoria, money. Victoria was not pleased with your one star rating of Breaking Dawn Part One. <laughs> I'm very lucky Emma doesn't check Letterboxd. Uh, she wouldn't be either. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Had a little spurt there where I was watching some good uh, MCU movies because, like, I just needed to feel something again. So I watched, <laughs> watched Iron Man, Guardians Three. Um, yeah, now rewatching Daredevil. So that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. I've uh I've been all over the place. Like I said, I've been watching some 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 garbage. Um went on a little weird Eli Roth kick. I watched uh, his movie Cabin Fever and then Knock Knock. 
Knock Knock sucks, man. Dude, it's, it's so like horrible. ass. I'm a so little bummed you just now watched it. I, I know. You to like feel your eyes the, out instead. The only reason I I don't know anyone that gives this above a half star, I think, is just horny yeah, when they watch it. Like I agree, it's the only reason this gets above a half a star. Um, but one of the worst experiences I've ever had with a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, not the only half star I've given in the last two weeks. I also watched Snowman. That yeah, uh, with the Fassbender. Yeah, with Fassbender. Heard, that was that's really bad just painful to get through um it took me like th- i think it took me three sittings to get through that movie um because oh, yeah. i just like physically could not watch the entire thing all at once um the beekeeper i watched didn't like it i know a lot of people i know there's been a lot of like three and a half and four stars out there but just not not a me thing um some disney channel original movies stuck in the suburbs and like tyler <laughs> mentioned yeah i did watch high school musical as well um the the memories just come screaming back it's yeah. crazy like I, I like high school musical was on last night and i felt like i was fucking nine years old back in my childhood bedroom sitting there with my sister watching the sing-along version where the lyrics are at the bottom of the fucking screen um so that i might have to go watch stuck in the suburbs that kind of like funny movie you just mentioning (laughs) that was like a blast from the past i'm not remembering is that a disney channel original movie also yeah disney channel original movie uh uh no what's his name taron killam uh uh daniel panda baker and then cecily strong Mm. yeah or brenda song brenda song cecily Cecily strong is the snl gal i'm trying to think of there's one, isn't there one Disney Channel movie where like a guy's like a basketball player but wants to be a chef? The Luck of the Irish? To beat Bobby Flay? No, that's the, that's High School Musical. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure there's one where like a guy tries to like cook against Bobby Flay. But maybe I'm getting a couple things confused. I know The Luck of the Irish also has basketball. Um, <laughs> you'll, have some, to, you'll have to find we, this one. There's we got to do an entire movie. episode oh, on Disney Channel original movies. Eddie's million know. dollar cook-off. Eddie is a baseball player. Yes. But he wants to be a chef. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I he cooks up his Bobby Flay. Yeah, I hell know yeah. that one. Yeah, I know that <laughs> I don't, one. I don't remember that one. That's funny stuff. Um, what else? Oh, the Lizzie McGuire movie too. Watch that. That's another. I one. saw you did watch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I've been, I've been enjoying my time with these decoms. Um, the only new release I watched outside of Beekeeper was ISS. Um, pretty much exactly what you expect watching the I still trailer. Seen it. Yeah, it's really it. Like the first thing I said when I walked out of the theater was that was not as bad as I thought it would be. Is it like it's, it was, so? It's theater, not streaming. Yeah, that one I went to the theater for. Probably won't, um, probably won't get around to that one. Yeah, <laughs> you, that one you could wait for streaming or just yeah. F two movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, su- super fine movie. Really cool premise, but the movie does a lot very quickly that just kind of like ruins like the thrill of it all. Um, mm-hmm. Great Sam Smith album, by the way. The thrill of it all. Just throwing that out there. Really Haven't heard it. It's one of my favorites. Sure. Um, I watched the uh, remake of Black Christmas. I enjoyed it. I, I was reading through a lot of the letterbox reviews. A lot of people say it fucking sucks. I put it on because I just wanted another shitty horror movie in the background while I worked. I ended up locking myself in. I had a blast with that movie. Um, a Night at the Roxbury, first time watch. The Amityville Horror remake, not good. Um, Mistress America, which is an older, older, 2015. Uh, Noah Baumbach movie starring uh, Greta Gerwig. 
Um, really, really solid. And then Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which we will review on our Patreon exclusive this week. Um, and then I watched Terminator Dark Fate and I showed Victoria and Glorious Bastards for the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. You think? Would, she liked it. She liked it a lot more than she... She's usually not a very, uh, you know, violent, friendly viewer. Um, so I was kind of like, listen, like this is a Tarantino movie. Like, you know, you can expect because she's seen Django. Um, she's seen Django. She's seen Pulp Fiction. Um, so she kind of understands like who Tarantino is and like the violence that he kind of brings. Um, so I kind of warned her about that, but she ended up really liking it. She, she was like audible throughout the movie. She was like, no, oh my God. Um, so, so she had a good experience, but I think she gave it a four star, which is higher than I expected her to give him glorious bastard. Still too low, but higher than I had expected. Emma, Um, Emma gives it like, she doesn't have letterbox, but she would give basically every single tarantino movie that she's seen a negative one so <laughs> um so i'm glad to hear victoria liked it yeah she 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 enjoyed it she enjoyed it mm-hmm. big big week of going back and forth between her movies and my movies um so so a nice little you know i don't know <laughs> all right <laughs> i have no idea uh we have one movie review of the week which is the zone of interest uh, myself and tyler uh, got a chance to watch it, Tyler, more recently than I. So we will start with Tyler because this was a. Fu- I'm 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 upset Seth's not here for this review because I'd mm-hmm. love to just, I'd love to hear you guys just talk about the movie instead of me because like, I'm not as high on it as I think most people. Most mm-hmm. of my mutuals are four and a half and five stars. So mm-hmm. shoot your shit. What did you think of the movie? Yeah, it's, I mean, everyone's saying it, but it was just unlike anything I've ever seen before. So, like, the quick synopsis is is not really even a plot synopsis. It's just the commandment of the commandment of Auschwitz. Rudolf Haas and his wife Hedwig strive to build their dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. So, pretty much the whole premise of the movie is his family, the Haas family. He's the the leader of the Auschwitz camp, and he their family literally lives just over the wall from the camp, like right next door. <clears throat> so, as a result of that, of course, you know, living right next to a massive one of the most well-known and recognized uh, internment camps during the, during the Holocaust, you're hearing that sound design, you're hearing these screams and bullets and furnaces and and yelling and and, and peril throughout the entire movie. It's in the background, just always never fading. It's just always there. You're always hearing it. And the sound design of mixing that while hearing all this horror, while also you're seeing just a normal family, like seemingly normal family. That's, you know, they're talking about, they want to expand the garden a bit over here. They want to, you know, what are they having for breakfast that day? What are they going to do this afternoon? We're going to go swim in the river. We're going to go fishing, like getting that clash of the visual and audible where all this horror is going on that you can hear, but you never see it. Um, where, whereas when you're watching this family, they're clearly such an evil family. This man is literally the leader. And it's almost like at times, like something you watch at work for like, a, or he's talking like a, it's like a training video at work for like operational excellence. He's like, okay, how can we, you know, increase our throughput how can we make it more efficient how can we share lessons learned with other uh, camps throughout you know europe and make this more efficient every other places so it's just such a chilling and haunting dichotomy of you're never seeing these horrors you're hearing these guys talk about it like it's you know how can we increase how many chips we're manufacturing for an iphone and I, i just thought it was just such a brilliant way to do a holocaust film it's unlike anything we've ever seen because you know, most times you see Holocaust films, you literally do see the horrors and they they want to give you, you know, those 
rewarding tear jerking scenes the kind of almost fake empathy in some ways where you're watching you know the classic sad moment of a movie and you're like oh man this is awful you get a good cry in and then the movie's over and you're like yeah it was a good movie and you go on with your day kind of not really thinking much more of it whereas the zone of interest really puts you in there and really dissects that and breaks it down and kind of shows you that you know this isn't for entertainment this isn't for making yourself kind of get feel down and then feel better about yourself it's really kind of putting you in the in the position of what are we really doing here with how we analyze history how we analyze atrocities and not even history what's going on current day you know we have israel and palestine right now but like i mentioned in my review i think this movie is very timely for right now with what's going on in the world but i also think it will be in 10 years i think it will be in 100 years i think it will be in a thousand years i think we're always going to be going through something in the world where some global catastrophe global atrocities going on where this is just going to reign true. And that's why I just think it was just such a masterpiece. There's production design and costume design that, you know, I mean, the clothing they're wearing and, you know, the setting, it makes you feel like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, during the World War II times. But really, like, a lot of it feels like, you know, low budget in a sense of on purpose where, like, they didn't really try and fully immerse you back in that time period. So when you watch it, it does feel like, you know, maybe this this literally could be going on today. This could be a, a modern day movie other than, like, the clothing they're wearing. And I think that's just kind of what adds to what's more haunting about it, which then kind of leads up that final scene where, you know, the whole point, point it back at the viewer and kind of make you think about yourself and question what your purpose is here and watching this and, and reliving these horrors. And yeah, I just, it just really worked for me. I don't think anyone in my theater liked it. And someone commented like saying that me thinking no one in my theater liked it was pretentious, but I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm guessing they didn't like it. I literally sat through the entire end credits, which I would recommend because the score is so haunting. And then when I was walking out, there was all kinds of people saying like, that was shit. Why did I waste my time with this? How is this the best picture nominee? Which is a pro and con of it getting a best picture nomination. We're going to get a lot of people seeing this that would have never watched the zone of interest. I probably never heard of Jonathan Glazer before, but because it's the best picture nominee and pretty much every single theater chain does like the, Oh, you know, $5 to go see all the best picture nominees or whatever to check them all off, which a lot of people do. I think a lot of people are going to watch this that never would have, which is good because I think there's a movie that I want everyone to experience. Even if it doesn't work for you, I just think it's something that everyone should see and try their, try their shot with, but we're going to get a lot of people that are going to be, you know, what the hell is this? How is this the best picture nominee? All that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll kind of leave it there for now and take a breath because I've been talking for a while, but I thought it was really good. I think it, it's, it's, it's really shows you how to maximize what you're doing with the elements of film, which is why I think is a film that should be studied for years and decades to come. Um, the score and acting, for example, like Sandra Hewler, great in this, but the entire Haas family, the entire Nazi soldiers, the, the, the servants they have in the house, they're all acting, obviously they're actors, but they're not acting much. There's not going to be a single clip in this. Like we've seen a 24 tweeting clips. There's not going to be like a anatomy of a fall breakup scene where they're yelling at each other. There's not going to be the, the Barbie monologue. There's not going to be like an Oppenheimer final monologue speech. Like there's not that moment in this movie where you could be like, wow, that is some of the best acting I've ever seen, but they're just so subtle in it throughout the film. Same thing with the score, the intro the score is so chilling and haunting. There's a couple minor cuts throughout the movie where there's a little dash of score and then the end credits, it comes back in. So I think the score is one of the most haunting and chilling of the year, but we get so little of it. So I just feel like it just shows that it's not, you know, when Oscars nominate things, it's usually like not just best actors. Like who did the most acting of the year for best score? Like who, what was the most score of the year? Like I love Oppenheimer and spider versus score, but they're like very overwhelming scores in terms of how much there is. I still think they're like the best of the year, but this shows that it's not just about like the best, it's about how well you use it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of 
jerking the movie off a bit, but I, I, I no, really that, enjoyed that, it. That's what I, I wanted to like understand, like what made you give this a five star? Cause like I, sh- I share the exact same sentiment that you do. Like I, th- this was, I, I saw us the film festival and, and when the movie ended and, and the credits started rolling, my theater was silent. You could hear a pin drop. No one, mm-hmm. no one kind of knew how to react. No one kind of like understood what they had just experienced because it truly is like, a very one of a kind experience. Like you said, you go mm-hmm. into any movie with this type of synopsis, any synopsis that includes the words Auschwitz or, you know, concentration camp, you expect to have those, you know, tear jerking, uh, tear jerking moments. You expect to see things that are going to make you uncomfortable. But this movie does such a good job at kind of like, like you said, like hiding everything, but also it's in your face. Like you're, you're watching this family just go about their day by day. Um, but in the background, you're hearing the horrors of Auschwitz. Um, so it's a very unique experience. And it's one of those, it's one of the only films, the film festival that I watched um, where like the theater was so, like, no one even clapped when, when the credits started rolling, no one kind of knew how to react. Everyone was just kind of digesting what they had just watched. Um, but it's odd. It's, it's so I landed at a three and a half. I will say that's off of one viewing. Um, and that viewing was in October. So just like May, December, I wish I had rewatched this prior to prior to us reviewing it. Um, cause I do think on second watch this, 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 my, I think my rating could either go up or down. I don't think I it would land at a three and a half. Um, but yeah, I I I share the same sentiments as you. But where my problem lies is, I think the movie got very repetitive very quickly, um, and and this, it's, that's not necessarily a knock because the entire movie got a reaction out of me. Every single scene you know, made me feel uncomfortable. Like Jonathan Glazer does a very good job at making us as the audience question evil and its existence because we are watching this family who is seemingly just a normal family. But then you have to understand like who this guy is, where he works and everything that's going on behind the scenes. Um, But you're basically watching just the same scene over and over again, which is, you know, German family, doing normal family things while the horrors of Auschwitz are in the background. And it's not that I'm like, it's not that I was like waiting for something to like actually happen because obviously something is happening. You, you could hear it. You're, you're experiencing it. You could fucking feel it. Um, but, but my problem is just the movie got very repetitive, just very over and over again. It's just scene after scene, family doing, family things while Auschwitz was in the background like I think this could have worked as a short film um if you ask me you know just a short film you know a cut of three quick scenes you know showcasing these families doing different uh family things while you hear Auschwitz in the background but that's just a personal thing for me because like I said I do agree with every every sentiment you basically um shared about this movie it was a very haunting and and very unique experience and it did leave me feeling very uncomfortable um because you're you're kind of watching this this family and you're kind of like oh like they they seem like a nice family but then you're kind of as the movie goes along like you know these kids are playing in the pool 
while you're hearing gunshots and furnaces in the background and it kind of brings you back to reality you're like oh shit like this is not a good family like from their perspective yeah they're you know they're doing what they're being told they're doing what's right but from our perspective this sucks this is some shitty shit um but yeah i i enjoyed my time with this it was definitely one of the more um unique experiences of of everything i had seen at the film festival one of the most um what one of the experiences at the festival where everyone kind of collectively was just like kind of i don't want to say in shock but more so just like in awe of like the experience that they just had um like you said i think michael levy's score was just haunting um but again like you said it was not in your face um it was very subtle um and i think that works very well with the back because the haunting stuff that's going on in this movie is in the background so i think it makes sense that the score is very you know reserved it's kind of like going on in the background just as the horrors are um and then we're gonna go through oscar nominations it, it obviously got nominated um a lot and i think deservingly so um but yeah, that, that's about my rant. Um, I, I landed at a three and a half. Like I said, I wish I had seen it again before we uh, before we recorded this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot to really spoil, I would say. But is there anything specific you want to talk about? Yeah, there's no real like, spoilers kind of to go over, but I'll just throw that up there just while I kind of talk yeah. about it a little more just in case anything would be considered a spoiler. But I feel like at this point, we haven't really spoiled much other than kind of the premise and what how it impacted us. But yeah, I'd say this is one of those movies that obviously if anyone doesn't like it or or doesn't hold it as highly as me, like this is probably one of the biggest, like most obvious examples where I'm like, yeah, totally understand. Like I have no issues. Like if you didn't, didn't, you know, get as much out of it. And like, I'm not even saying like you with the 3.5, I'm saying like if people watch this and give it like a, a 1.5 or a one, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I can see why someone would come to that uh, conclusion. Like when I was walking out of the theater, I was one of the last ones out because I sat through the entire end credits and there was this group of like six elderly people walking out they're like oh thank god that's over and me behind them like yeah i can see that like you know it's like haunting traumatizing like i'm kind of happy it's over too and then they're like then they follow that up by saying how is that nominated for best picture that movie sucked and i was like oh, okay <laughs> they're, they're not actually kind of on the same wavelength as i am with my, <laughs> my thinking of being happy it's yeah. over but i literally had not like a full-on panic attack and i mentioned this in my review but it's like in like the oppenheimer trinity test scene you're like holding your breath you're anticipating you're waiting for this big explosion to happen whereas in this there's so many moments where i just like was forgetting to breathe like not even consciously like i would just be sitting in my seat and then be like feel my heartbeat go really fast i'm like oh god i haven't breathed, breathed in a while and i didn't really understand why like i couldn't really pinpoint it it was just i think it was just the score is unrelenting and it never leaves you or not the score the, the sound design of just always hearing that that you get entranced in this family and just going on their mundane day and then just in the background, it's always there. And I feel like I was never noticing it. But there's like at least like three times this movie where I was just like, okay, breathe. Like, and I was like, this is weird how it's affecting me that way, which is probably why I elevated it so high to a five. It's just because like at the end of the day, this not only was this unlike anything I've ever seen, it kind of impacted me in ways that I've never really felt before. And yeah, I mean, it's a film that's going to refuse to spoon feed you. It's similar to all of Jonathan Glazer's works. I've only seen a couple of his other films between Sexy Beast and Under the Skin where it's going to be a lot up to your interpretation and you're going to have to fill in a lot of gaps. It's not going to handhold you, but it's going to give you all kind of the ingredients to work with here. And I, I love how it's just like the, the family's obviously evil the whole time, but it's, it's slowly uncovered just how evil they are throughout because you start with them just as a day at the lake, you know, swimming. So you're like, I mean, there's a normal family at the end of the day, but then as it goes on, you know, uh, 
you see like the mother who makes a comment to like their servant who, who's, who's a Jewish servant is just like, you know, I can have them burn you and I'd spread you over my garden as uh, to as fertilizer to regrow it. And just like, so out of left field, it just makes such a, just a terrible comment. And then you see the brothers playing in the backyard towards the end. And one of them kind of locks the other one in the greenhouse with like a broom. And it's kind of clear nod to probably like, they're probably just like, you know, joking like, Oh, I'm going to put you in a gas chamber, which is just such an evil thing that they so calmly play with. And one of the brothers collects gold teeth of, of killed Jewish people. And it's just like the fact that they're just so calmly going about their evil life and the father obviously as well. And you kind of see that towards the end too, just how like deranged his mind is, is like, is he, because we'll talk about kind of the final sequence of him kind of walking down the stairs that are slowly getting darker and darker. And he kind of starts retching and like seeming like he's going to throw up. And then it kind of cuts to the more modern day look at the museum of the Holocaust museum, seeing all the the shoes and, and the suitcases and all these relics that are now a museum that we go and visit to kind of similar to what Glazer is kind of trying to say throughout this whole film is why do we go there? We go there to remember the atrocities, but also like, you know, we kind of go there to be like, man, this is like awful, but I don't know if you ever really fully like absorb it. I know a lot of people have gone to like the, the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam, I believe. And that's really affecting as well. So it's like trying to look at what, how we look back at history and what we're trying to accomplish when we look back at history and how people have been viewing history for an inter entertainment purpose, as opposed to fully realizing what the evil is and how it's repeating itself over and over. And we always talk about the Holocaust. Like how can we look back at this and avoid it from ever happening again? It's like, I mean, it, there's similar atrocities. I mean, I don't want to compare atrocities, but we're, we're never in a state where it's not like world war two ended. And it was like, all right, every single country in the world is now a perfect utopia and there's nothing bad going on in the world. There's always something going on somewhere and we pay varying levels and degrees of attention to it. So I just thought it worked really well for me. And it was funny because the whole movie is so experimental and unlike anything you've seen, like the cinematographer, um, let's see, I have his name here, Lucas, uh, somewhere, Lucas Zoll. So a lot of the scenes in the house, he just had multiple cameras set up throughout the house. So you felt like you're kind of just getting a bird's eye view of this family and you know, the actors on screen never really knew which recording camera was going to be the final cut. So it's very much just like an observational look, which, so it's, it's very experimental and it's, you're not going to get, going to get a linear plot or something that's going to spoon feed you. But then when it ended and he started retching on the stairs, like he's about to throw up at first, I was like, oh man, did they like just poison him? Cause he just talked on the phone with his wife saying like, oh, how he just wishes he could gas everyone in this room. Like he hated all his coworkers as well. And I was like, oh, maybe they poisoned him. He's going to die. And then when he didn't do that, I was like, yeah, I guess I was stupid for even thinking that after this whole movie, like, why would they, why would there be like a normal expected ending of like a cinematic climax of him, like dying from poison or something. That's something that would happen in like a normal ish movie as opposed to this. But yeah, I just think the ending I thought was just the icing on the cake for me. And then you kind of leads you right into the end credits with the score. Just crazy. The the river scene, crazy. We didn't even talk about like I watched this movie after already seeing the aggro drift trailer. So when there was like the 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 local Polish woman that was leaving out apples for people and they kind of filmed her in night vision, I just kind of like did the Leonardo DiCaprio snap at my screen, like, oh, <laughs> aggro drift. <laughs> but um I I think it was kind of interesting because I wonder if like Harmony Karine like watched this because I haven't seen many movies personally that use like night vision and like the kind of effects the way they did in zone of interest so i wonder if he's like man i really just made a whole movie about like with this and now this is getting released before mine does so now mine's not even gonna look that groundbreaking but that was cool too like there's so many elements in here that were so awesome and uh yeah it kind of just all concludes with um rudolph at the end of the movie retching and you can kind of interpret that like is he actually retching due to you know they live right next to this ash 
all the ash coming in the river and the water and the air is he just kind of consuming his lungs or is it more you know metaphorical for retching from all the evil that he's been doing but he's still going to just keep climbing darker down into the steps of darkness um and then one more thing i was going to mention about like the family slowly revealing how evil they are when the mother comes to visit she ends up leaving in the middle of the night and sandra huler's character can't find her and she's like what my mom just left like out of nowhere and it's kind of like the mom came and she's like supporting what they're doing and obviously she's part of that environment but she can't escape the the shots she can't escape the the screams the the fire burning at night and the ash flying the air as she escapes she's like i can't be a part of this and then sandra huler is like at a loss for words she's like how like she didn't even realize that would even be an issue because to them they don't even notice anything going on it's just at this point it's like you know living in the city and hearing ambulances going by it's just something you don't really pay attention to because it's so second nature but i'll kind of leave it there for me uh, five star for me mainly because of how much it affected me i think it's a film that's i obviously appreciate it a lot more than like i enjoyed but i don't really know if anyone would ever watch this movie and like enjoy it just it, not only just due to like experimental nature but just do the the heavy subject matter but appreciate a lot of it if i'm ever going to try to make films one day i'm definitely going to study a lot of things in this and the big takeaway for me is just how well they use minimal usage of things but got maximum impact out of them and i thought that was very well done but yeah i'll leave it there five star for me was really close to a 4.5 star but simply because i just forgot to breathe during the movie i was like this should probably be five star dude keep it going that was that was the best movie rant i think anyone's ever had on this podcast <laughs> well Jesus seth Christ. wasn't here today and i knew he, he thought very highly of this so i'm like i got a zone of interest i don't even want to like... strap on the backpack and, and get, get this going I don't even want to talk and like taint that review. I want to just end it there because Jesus, you kind of covered everything. <laughs> that was not. I was like, when is he gonna breathe? But you didn't breathe during the movie. You didn't breathe during the review either. Yeah, I had to get these words out, man. But but yeah, like I, like I said, if you, I want everyone to see this movie, and I and like I said, there's a lot of people in my theater that I I'm not predicting hated it. I know they did based on hearing comments. There's people talking during the movie too, which really pissed me off. They're like i don't know it's just like that's the thing this is the best picture nominee a lot of people are going to see it that weren't otherwise going to see it which is a good thing but we're going to get a lot of interesting takes coming out because of it so you know it was uh we'll see it and see what you think it was a q a with jonathan glazer and i think one of the producers and sandra hewler uh after the movie at the film festival and there was i think three people that like screamed out like during the Q and A, while Jonathan Glazer was talking, like questions of their own without being called on, <laughs> um, and it was all like, uh, I, I don't know, I forgot what the exact questions were, but they were all basically like, "How could you make something like this and like put a smile on your face while you talk about it?" Like so, something like that. Like like, who gave you the right to make this? All negative comments, basically, mm -hmm. that that were just screamed out um, d during these. Uh, Q and A's for for this movie, which was fun. I mean, not fun, but it, it was fun to like be there and watch. How, it did like, he just oh. like ignore the people screaming out? Yeah, the, the 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 moderate he ignored it. The moderator mm. was like, "We're not going to take audience questions yet." Um, but yeah, that Crazy. that was a it was an interesting experience. But mm. we're we're gonna wrap it there. Like I said, I don't even want to taint that that beautiful rant that you just went on. <laughs> um, but yeah, Seth and Tyler both give this a five star. I landed on a three and a half star after one viewing, but I, I, I definitely would like to watch it again. And I maybe will before the Oscars. Um, we got our man Cameron back. All right, we're going to move on. Woo! Like I said at the beginning of the episode, trailers fucking galore this week. Uh, and again, not only just a bunch of trailers, a bunch of trailers worth talking about. Um, so let's start quickly with uh, the one TV trailer. 
for Avatar The Last Airbender. I'll chat a little bit about that. I don't even know if you guys can. <laughs> I didn't see uh, it. Okay, you can take it away. I, that's I didn't fair. Watch that's it fair. That's I fair. Like, um, I like Avatar a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know I've been seeing all over film Twitter. People are like, oh, why are we... Why are we turning something that was animated into live action? Like, why are we why are we doing this? Money. Um, yeah, money. But like from my perspective, this is one of, if not my favorite TV shows of all time. I, I fucking adore Avatar The Last Airbender. So any more Avatar content we can get, um, I, I'm with it. And I think the trailer looks good. Um, I think the trailer genuinely looks good. I would I would not be sitting here um, you know, praising this this effort and, and and sharing my excitement if i didn't think this trailer looked good um but the production design the costume design it looks insane the bending um in live action from what they showed looks really really solid um as does the as do the characters and the castings obviously can't speak on that fully until uh until we like obviously see a couple of episodes um but from the trailers i think the castings look great um, I'm very excited to see sort of how closely book one is going to follow yeah. book one of the TV show. Um, I think everyone kind of has that sour M. Night Shyamalan taste in their mouth where the movie's ass. It, that's why. Yeah. The movie sucks. And his Don't book let people one, on the internet tell you otherwise. Yeah. The movie sucks. Like his movie doesn't even include the Kyoshi warriors. So it, it's, it's like, it's very, there's clearly a very big separation between M Knight's book one and and the uh, the animated show's book one. So I'm excited to see um, how the live action show kind of handles that. Um, but overall, I- I'm fucking excited. I really am. That that trailer put such a big smile on my face um, when the main Avatar theme came up and you see like Appa just mm-hmm. riding through the sky. I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna be so exciting. Um, I believe this comes out February 22nd um oh, i'm in a awesome i'm pretty sure yeah yeah i think oh, yeah. february 22nd i'm in a i'm in this like group chat on instagram with a bunch of other like new york creators none of them are like in our like circle of like film community um but i had met one of them at one of the premieres and he added me to this chat a couple of them yesterday dm'd in that chat saying netflix sent me an early screener oh, of avatar absolutely. yeah and i was like god awesome. you're such a fucking prick man like fuck off Tell them to send it to you. i i immediately checked my email for it i was like let me let me just yeah. double check see if i'm as important as these people yeah um which i'm, I'm excited not. for it i i think it looks really good like you mentioned and then like a show has has time enough time to flesh out like the show of the animator i'm not saying it's needed to be made but um it's, it's money so if they're gonna make it you might as well make it good right um yeah. so that people can enjoy it um so hopefully hopefully they they did that uh I think it looks really awesome. Like you mentioned, the production design, and I think the bending looks really good. Um, Appa and Momo look look awesome. They don't look like like an Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. when touching like <laughs> nothing. And it's just, yeah, look at this thing we're flying on. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it is when it comes out. It's getting praised like the One Piece um, live action did. So mm-hmm. like that's good. Um, or, or people, I think, have said that um and and from what i've heard like the live action one piece is awesome i've never i've never seen the animator or the live action so i can't comment on it but um i'm really excited for it i watched like love this thing as a kid i rewatched it in college i'm definitely not as high as you george uh i probably should rewatch the animated series again if i want to know like what's going on but at this point i may just 
uh, I'll probably just leave it up to the to the live action. Um, I'm hoping it's great. You know, I'm tired of bad. I, I have no issues with a live action <laughs> remake. I'm tired of bad live action remakes. Yeah. So, um, I'm hoping it's great. Tired of just right watching back. trash left and right. That's it. Um, second trailer. Um, we had a uh, remake of Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen the original Roadhouse, so that is on my watch list. Um, I definitely need to check that off because one, I'm just interested to see how how closely the story follows the original, or and how much of a uh, how much of a new story this is gonna be. But I thought the trailer looked great. I think it's kind of exactly what you would expect from a Jake Gyllenhaal, Conor McGregor starring Roadhouse movie. Just tough guys being dudes and just kicking the shit out of people. Um, I think it looked like a really fun time. I'm sad it's coming straight to streaming. I feel like this would have been a fun one to see in theaters. Um, Tyler, your thoughts? I know you just rewatched. You just or watched, watched Roadhouse. Original. Yeah, and I watched yeah. it. I can't I, for people listening. I think it was on Max. I know it's for sure on a streaming service. I watched. I'm pretty sure it was Max was the one I watched it on. So if you want to watch it, but um, honestly, so I picked it in my most anticipated draft. I guess two weeks ago at this point, it was released a week ago, and I the trailer just kind of confirmed it more for me because when it was going initially to streaming, that obviously sets off a lot of alarm bells. But then we saw like Doug Lehman, the director, come out and be like, how pissed he was it was going to streaming. He thought it was promised it was going to go to theaters. So when they made this, it wasn't expected to be you know just a straight to streaming release. And what we also talked about when we were talking about the most anticipated films and movies for this year is we expected Conor McGregor to be like an opening fight and end fight, not a major role in this. He looks like he's going to be a major role in this. And honestly, like love or hate Conor McGregor, like I've fully bought him in that trailer. Like I was like, I'm in for this. I think he was <laughs> like the freaking scene with the golf club going and swinging and then headbutting Jake Jones. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down for this. And so the original Roadhouse, I actually don't, let's see, where was it? Where did it take place? Um, I thought it was more middle America, but this one's in the Florida Keys. And John Dalton is Patrick Swayze in this one, whereas Elwood Dalton is Jake Gyllenhaal in this. So I'm wondering if it's going to be like a son or grandson type of thing. And then the love interest in the original one is Elizabeth Clay and Daniela Melchior. And this one is Ellie. So maybe that's going to be like an Elizabeth Jr. And she goes by Ellie. Like, who knows? Like, I think there's going to be some connections there. So it's going to be somewhat related. But this looks like a lot of fun to me. I love the cast, like not just Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Conor McGregor and Danielle Melchior. Uh, Billy Magnuson, love him in Game Night. He's hilarious in Game Night. Lucas Gage, didn't even know he was in it. I was like, hell yeah, because he was one of the people I got to interview last year for How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Did not realize he was in it, but he's kind of like the bouncer that Jake Gyllenhaal's training in this because the whole kind of premise of the original Roadhouse in this is Jake Gyllenhaal's the biggest badass around town. There's a bar that has a lot of ruffians in it. So he goes in there and he has to train all the bouncers on how to handle business the right way. But this looks like it's going to be a lot more broader than the first round house, which is much more just about like a, a, a corporation kind of owns the town trying to take it over. And in this one, it looks like that, but also more, I don't know, it goes more into the criminal conspiracy, I think, than the original did, where the original focused a lot more on the bar. And uh, but yeah, the original's fun. Like Sam Elliott's in it as well as one of the badass bouncers. Really like the cast. Fun time. I think it's going to be just as fun. I'm expecting like a 3.5-ish range, maybe more. But yeah, I wish I got to see it in theaters. Like seeing Jake Gyllenhaal beat up people like Southpaw was so fun. <laughs> I wish we could see him do it again here. But just the opening sequence of the trailer was like Jake Gyllenhaal 
it was like him a mix of like his modern action day star with like the deranged look in his eyes that you'd see in like nightcrawler i was like oh this is like a culmination of all his previous roles into one it just looks like such a fun time i'm so excited the, the, this, movie. this is his magnum opus this, this is the the role he's been waiting for yeah for sure and he, okay. yeah i showed riley the trailer and she's like jay jonah is such like a sleeper build because when he's wearing clothes like he just looks like i mean he looks like a fit yeah. guy but then like he, he takes just, his shirt off and he's like ripped out of his mind yeah <laughs> uh connor i think was fucking hilarious because like it's one of those situations where it feels like he's not even acting mm -hmm. they 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 didn't even give him a script they gave him a golf club and they said just go torture this this bar real quick and go get into it with jake gyllenhaal or mm -hmm. something which i find fucking hilarious but mm -hmm. yeah tra trailer looks great trailer looks like a ton of fun um we also got a trailer to the new sydney sweeney horror movie immaculate um which i think just looks like a bad version of the nun or just the nun because the nun is not a good movie mm -hmm. um but sydney sweeney in a horror movie is something i i've kind of been looking forward to for a while uh, i know a lot of people fan cast her in a lot of horror movies especially since her days of euphoria and i guess how good of an actress she is when it comes to like crying and screaming Mm -hmm. um so horror has always been kind of on the sydney sweeney bucket list so it's cool that we're getting to see her i'm more excited for her performance than i am for the movie i don't think the movie looked that good um i'm sure cam did not watch this trailer <laughs> did you watch it yeah and i think i mentioned like a few months ago on the pod that i'm like just tired of so many horror movies just continue to be like religious and nuns and and it looks like we're getting more of it here but yeah if, if people haven't seen this is also on max reality from last year uh, Sydney Sweeney is probably her best acting performance I've ever seen. It's it's like a basically ninety minutes straight of just stress where she's being interrogated by the FBI for her involvement in like an, leaking NSA documents, and it's she's so good in that. And it's a stressful ass movie, but I recommend watching it to see. Like if you're on the fence, like if you didn't watch Euphoria and all you know her from is like Madam Web and anyone but you, like she has serious acting chops. So I think this could be good. I mean, I'm excited for it purely because of her. Um, just to see, you know, I mean, if she's gonna make that dive into horror, like you're saying, I feel like she would. Like she's at the point in her career where she's such a big name that she can probably pick and choose projects. So I'm sure she picked a something that has at least some interest in it and intrigue. So we'll see. And did you watch the trailer to Immaculate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Uh, did you so, really? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I can watch trailers because I'm sitting <laughs> in a bright room. Fair. Um, I, I don't know. I like Sydney Sweeney a lot and she's great. Um, in most everything she does i've never seen euphoria um but obviously i think that's her like most mm, i don't know if it's her best performance but it, uh, it's it's not like casting her i feel like in the in in the avenue she's getting cast in right now which is just like very attractive girl which she is but um but she's also a very good actress so this is interesting to see her in this role kind of brought in the filmography a little bit i think i didn't watch what was it from last year people reality like, reality yeah, yeah we were just like talking about that. okay yeah so maybe maybe i'm just not watching the right stuff and everything that it's marketed of her is just like very attractive girl which again yeah <laughs> she fits in but she's also a very great actress so um you can throw her in different things and i i think i think she'll do well so um you know will i okay. see it who, who yeah. knows but uh maybe maybe it, it didn't look like the uh trailer didn't look horrible um from a scare point and i also saw it's more like a psychological horror which is sometimes you know i, I can watch because they're less like pure horror so we'll see we'll see maybe i'll see it can't wait to see her in madam webb as well next month or this month <laughs> 
crazy know, set photos dude. just came out. That, yeah, insane, dude. <laughs> um, all right, Pretty we cool. also got a trailer to uh, Agro Drift, uh, which is Harmony Corinne's new movie, the guy that did uh, Spring Breakers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jesus. Entire movie shot in infrared. I don't know if I could do an oh, entire yeah. movie. The, you got to go to the club to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Got to go to the club. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, they're they're premiering it at like a strip club in LA, I think. Yeah. But I'm sure it's going to come to the theaters at some point. Or yeah. I don't that's know. So funny. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I think it looks good though. Like I, I I'm I don't know. Like we'll see if I watch it in like a theater with 90 minutes of it. If it if it like makes my brain bleed, but the <laughs> the trailer alone like looked honestly like cool enough and interesting enough. Like it's not even just. Like there was like some big monster like looking beast at the end yeah. too. I was like, this I, I'm all in for it. Like I again, I think maybe 90 minutes of it I might blow my brains out or something because it's gonna like stain my eyes, but it's gonna hurt. I'm in the trailer alone. I'm like, let's see what this is all about. I'm excited. It yeah, looks it, like, it, like a Mr. Mr. Beast video on crack or something. <laughs> I will not be going to the strip club to see it though. So no. whenever it comes out anywhere else. Oh, Owen will be going for sure. There's no <laughs> yeah. doubt in my mind. Owen will get there. Um, it kind of gave me like the opening portion of the trailer where there's like the voiceover and he's like, I'm an assassin. It kind of gave me like Mad Max vibes mm-hmm. um, with like the voiceover of like Tom Hardy, the beginning of Mad Max, um, obviously very different movies, but I don't know. This is this is. Yeah, I think you just have. I I think the only way to watch this is on LSD. Like I, <laughs> I don't think you have an option watching it sober. It just doesn't seem like you can watch this sober. Um, uh, it's gonna I, have yeah. the craziest letterbox graph. I already know it. Okay. I already know it. Gonna it's gonna Emma, be. A, it, this is gonna be the skinamarink of this of this year. It's gonna be Probably. the skinamarink of this year. Without a doubt. I'm going to ask Emma if we can go to the strip club. All right. We also, uh, Zac Efron's follow-up to the Iron Claw is a comedy, a a raunchy comedy, I guess, starring uh, himself and John Cena called Ricky Stanicki, which I thought was hysterical. Basically, they've been making up that they have like, this group of friends makes up that they have this friend named Ricky Stanicki. Um, I guess to to hang out with in order to get out of doing things with their wives. Um, and, and this time around, they're they're going to see Ricky Stanicki, and their wives are getting suspicious. So they hired John Cena, John Cena's character, to to play Ricky Stanicki. And I guess it's it's just a a whirlwind of of, of laughs and and raunchy comedy. Um, I thought the trailer looked fun. I looked I thought it looked like genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. William H Macy, I see, is in the cast too, so I'm in for that also. And uh, Andrew Santino, he, he he's always funny in everything he's in, so I, I think it looks fun. It's a Prime Video original that's coming out like two weeks before the Prime Video original Roadhouse. So, like I'm kind of mentioned, it kind of sucks, but Prime Video's originals starting to because we know Netflix has kind of been the king of originals lately. Like like we kind of mentioned, they had a ton of Oscar players last year and just some big releases, and now Prime Video two in one month that aren't you know the same level. Like they're not gonna be Oscar contenders, but they both are stuff that I genuinely want to watch and won't just like watch just to check off another watch list movie. So yeah, I don't know. Good job, Amazon, I guess. <laughs> I have full prediction that this thing's going to be really, 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 really bad. Like, yeah. I, I, am, I am 100% certain this is going to average a, a one out of five on Letterboxd. It's going to have like a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes with like oh a 60% uh, audience score. 
Uh, it's going to have like a 3.8 on IMDb. These, these are my predictions. It's, I, I, you know, I love to be that guy that's like, yeah, raunchy comedies are back. They, <laughs> they've never been back. It's like, I've been seeing so it's like many the MCU, comments. man. We, we've never been back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, we've been so far from back. Yeah. We're like, we're like struggling to like be front. I just, um, I just have faith in the cast. Cause also Jermaine Fowler, he was in the blackening, which I loved from last year. So it's just kind of just, they're, they're collecting the right people. It's just a matter of that they can pull it uh, out. John Cena, I think is really funny. Um, mm-hmm. and so Zach is Zach, Efron. Zach Efron's Zach got Efron. that comedic timing down. I saw people say, uh, actually, I honestly, I think it was, it was soups who I saw say this. Um, what was it? The what's that one movie he's in? It's it's no, it's not him. Sorry, it's Michael B. Jordan, uh, Miles Teller, Pete Davidson. That awkward moment. That yeah. awkward moment. That movie sucks ass, man. No, I love that movie. <laughs> no, that movie's so bad. It's no. not funny. Sorry, that that's my I I and people have like and again I think it was Soup who I saw said say that, but maybe other people are saying like it looks like that, and that immediately made me think like that movie's ass. So why would you want this? But. <laughs> Uh, have you ever seen have you guys ever seen mike and dave need wedding dates yeah that movie was so stupid that's a stupid watched, movie but it's I funny watched, no i watched that, that, that but but that's kind of what i'm expecting from okay. like this movie like all what's right. that then movie my, then with... my prediction stance yeah I yeah exactly, exactly. 22 we're, we're all gonna rate on... it a two star yeah but we'll we're gonna say it was a funny time <laughs> I don't know. To be I fair, have, that awkward like, moment, that awkward moment, I rated three star, but like love it. And I think that's because like it's so bad that like three stars, similar to you with the, uh, what's that acapella movie? It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect no, where you're no like, I love it, but yeah, that was no, crazy. <laughs> no, Cam's literally, Cam's literally the one who always says like, I love it, but four stars is the absolute highest I could give it. Four and a half. That's the same for me with three, it's the awkward moment. It's like three is probably the highest I could justifiably give this, but I, I love it. Understandable. <laughs> I don't have it rated. I, I probably yeah. haven't seen it in. 10 years there's gonna be one of your classic oh, so while you're recording was, a podcast uh, you're gonna go zach in and log it as like a half star yeah it was zach efron i was right I yeah i swear pete davidson was in this thing no i don't think so i think it was that was before pete davidson was I like was as big as he before is pete davidson's time yeah, maybe i'm thinking of yeah. something else but i had the other two right i was, I was on it. Mm-hmm. all right uh, and the the last trailer that we got this week probably the the best trailer i would say for for me at least uh, is the new Dev Patel starring and directed Monkey Man. And this is a Jordan Peele produced movie. And I, I read somewhere, uh, somewhere, I read on Twitter. Um, so we don't know how, how true this is. But I read on Twitter that basically this movie was going to come straight to streaming initially. And then Jordan Peele saw the movie, loved it so much that uh, I guess he provided the, the producing funding um, to get a theatrical run. Um, which is fucking awesome. Obviously, I know for myself, Jordan Peele is three for three. So if, if he's telling me this movie bangs, I'm going to listen and I'm going to be there opening night. Um, and that trailer did bang. Obviously, the John Wick comparisons are being made, which I think are warranted. Um, it's very neon. Uh, it's very over-choreographed in a, in a really like fun way. Um, and Dev Patel is just a fucking legend. Obviously, he's, he's fantastic and lying. I think his best performance is the Green Knight. Um, so this is something immediately I, w- I was very excited for. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think it looks great. I'm a, Jordan Peele producing gives me more confidence, but also I'm a little worried. Like it's he owns Monkey Pop Productions. He had a Monkey and Nope. Maybe you just saw Monkey <laughs> Man. He's like, need that in my resume. I need more monkeys in the resume. But no, this trailer ripped. Dev Patel directing. I'm all in for it. Everything about this looks awesome. 
Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see him behind the camera because this is this this is his first mm-hmm. directing credit, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, that. See, I I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it as as well. I think it looks incredible. Um, I'm shocked you didn't. Do you do you like Million Dollar Baby or uh uh? Yeah, what was it? What's Deb Patel's uh, million? Slumdog Million. Slumdog Million. Million. <laughs> million Dollar Baby's the boxing one, right? Yeah, with uh... yeah, Slumdog Millionaire. That's the one. <laughs> do you like that movie? I like it a lot. I mean, it's it's definitely not a, a best picture. Maybe I think I give it like a three point five or something. Uh, yeah, because because it won more best than picture, right? I think I'm pretty sure it won best yeah, picture. It did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my favorite movie. It launched his career to be able to star in Avatar. I mean. Oh God! Shit, I forgot. I forgot he played Prince Zuko. Oh Hell my yeah. God! Hell yeah! Good for him! Wow! What? A, I mean, I'm happy he saved his career after that because that could have very well been career ruining performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's, that's it. he already he already like could fall back on like you mentioned a Best Picture winner. Uh, yes, it did win in 2008. Uh, shout, again, shout out Wikipedia. <laughs> Pull that up quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna donate, but uh, <laughs> just I, I I really like that movie. I think Deb Patel's fantastic. I haven't seen Lion, um, but he's amazing in Green Knight. Um, I'm pretty I think, sure I think Lion was his sole Oscar nomination. Uh, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shout shout out, yeah, Dave. I'm excited. I think it looks it, it looks very fun. It yeah. hopefully is. I mean, yeah, it can't not be fun. But a lot of trailers, a lot of good stuff. Um, let's move on. Obviously, the big. Uh, the big news since the last time we recorded was the Oscar nominations. Um, busy, busy morning. I know Cam, you you kicked ass on our Twitter, so shout out Cam for shout out Cam for that hard work. I only messed um, one thing up. I did say Margot Robbie got. Oh name. yeah, you put Margot <laughs> Robbie right. Yeah, yeah. I I had it typed out already. And okay, I cancel I real looking, talk. <laughs> I was watching the show. I had it typed out, and I swear I saw Margot Robbie. So I just I was like, click send. Hey, go, going through the the nominations, I didn't do a bad job with the predictions I gave you. No, you didn't do horrible. Like I, I, I think you it. you you obviously had to make a bunch of edits, but not yeah, too many. No, you didn't do too um, bad. I appreciate. It's a good starting point. It's what I needed. Yeah. All right. But, but they let, just let's flew go, let's through go. them, by the way. They, Dude, they fly. Yeah. They don't give you any time to breathe. They fly. Well, it, yeah. It's at 5 30 a.m. their time. So they're like, yeah, let's just they, get in and get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> they want to get back to bed. But yeah, this is uh, fucking 23 categories. They tackled it in like seven minutes. It gives you no time to tweet or anything. Um, but all right. Best picture. We have American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Kills of the Flower Moon, Maestro. Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. This was basically the 10 that everyone predicted. Um, I personally had the color purple in there over American Fiction. Um, yeah, good nice. good comms, Tyler. Um, I had the color purple over American Fiction, um, but they, they went the American Fiction route. They ended up loving American Fiction, which we'll kind of see. I think it picked up uh, a total of five nominations, including a screenplay nomination. Um, but everything else pretty much expected. We have the the Barb and Hyber duo in there. Past lives and poor things are in there. Poor things, I think, probably going to pick up the second most awards behind Oppenheimer. That's my prediction. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon is is kind of starting to feel um, like it got. I, what did it get? Ten nominations. Got ten nominations. Yep. I think it has a real chance at winning one award. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which just said, yeah, I think the best, only award best supporting or best actress, sorry. best actress. I think yeah, it's the I only shot that, to have it winning. Yeah, I think it's the only shot, like Tyler said, the only shot to have it winning an award. My guess is three. Three. I don't know. All, I like we'll, we'll, we'll go through it, but like all the tech categories, I think are going to be heavily favored in towards of Oppenheimer. But I also think past poor poor things is going to pick up a few things. Um, past lives isn't winning shit, unfortunately. Yeah, past yeah. lives. I, I think it, it nominated. I original still, maybe. Yeah, I'm maybe still holding out for original screenplay for past lives, but I do think the holdovers is going to win. Um, but other than that, that that's pretty much that was the expected 10 as we kind of mm-hmm. ran through awards season. Obviously, everyone would have loved. Claw. Yeah, everyone would have loved to see the Iron Claw and even across the Spider-Verse, but Iron Claw came out way too late, I think, to be up for Oscar consideration and Spider-Verse, I don't I don't think was ever going to happen. Yeah. Should have. Um, cowards. You oh, cowards. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely should have. Um, best director, Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers, Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Obviously, the big news is Greta being quote-unquote snubbed for best director. I, love I don't think... Yeah, I I think this is a good. This is not my five, but I don't I think seen two of them. So I don't think Greta not being here is a snub. I think Celine's, Celine Celine song was more. Uh, yeah, Celine song was a snub. She and, absolutely should have been in this five. Uh, I think who directed Godzilla minus one? I forget his name. Takashi uh, Yamazaki. Takashi Yamazaki. He was snubbed. Damn it, good he should have been in there. Yeah, I mean, just watch the real talk awards if you want. You know. <laughs> the the actual uh nominees um but yeah th- those are five for best director um again nothing like this this feels and and a lot of people have been saying this since the golden globes this just feels like a very safe awards season like no awards body outside of really the critics choice has done anything to like blow our minds mm-hmm. um where like last year i think there were just so many movies that were just in contention for so many awards that it just made for such an interesting awards season mm-hmm. um best actress annette benning and Nyad, how <laughs> lily gladstone for killers of flower moon sandra hewler for anatomy of a fall carrie mulligan for maestro and emma stone for poor things tyler i'm pretty sure you're the only one here that saw Nyad. how did that happen yeah, I have no clue. It became kind of an awards darling because both her and Jodie Foster started getting some recognition for Best Actress and Supporting Actress. But yeah, I mean, it's just a very average movie. And the, the acting is it's fine. It's not bad acting. It's just it's just meh. You know, it's just whatever. But yeah. I did a ranking of my Best Actress nominees yesterday and I was saying like, Annette Benning clearly I don't think deserved it. I think there's other people who should have been in there, whether it's, you know, Greta Lee or Margot Robbie or or... Let's see, trying to think more of that map, but still, other actors I think deserved it more. But I think the top four, the other four, Gladstone, Hewler, Mulligan, and Stone, all delivered some like the best performances I've seen in like years for act- best lead actress. So, all four of them are like titans of this category. Um, I have, I think Emma Stone should win it, but I think her or L- Lily Gladstone, I wouldn't be mad to see her win it either. Obviously, I'd be very happy for that. And same with Sandra Hewler, Carrie Mulligan. I don't know, I feel like she's like a little bit below the other three, even though I love her and her performance at Carrie Maestro, but number one. But uh, yeah, for me, I think uh, the t- the three of Lily, Sandra, and, and Emma, I think any of them winning it would be awesome. Yeah, th- this is like, I don't know, th- this is maybe the most stacked category of the entire Academy Awards. I I watched Poor Things first, 
And in my review, I wrote uh, Emma Stone just locked in her second Academy Award. Then I watched Maestro and I go, damn, Carrie Mulligan may have just taken that award from Emma Stone. And then I watched Anatomy of a Fall and I'm like, holy shit, Sandra Hewler, I think, just locked in her first Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I, so I've, I've been going back and forth between the three of them for forever. I think it's going to come down to Emma and Lily, and I do think Lily's going to win. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Lily missing a BAFTA is as important as a lot of people think. Um, her missing the Critics' Choice, though, losing that to Emma, that's big. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Best Actor, Bradley Cooper awards. for Maestro. They're all fake awards, all except, fake. For real, if, except for Real Talk. That's fact. Yeah, yeah Lily missing awesome. Real Talk was a big blow. Yeah, that 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 one. huge blow. True. <laughs> uh, best Actor, Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Coleman Domingo <laughs> for Rustin. I just farted at Bradley Cooper. Okay. Yeah, we, we heard that. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think he's that bad. I actually think he's really good. Just, uh, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Obviously, the biggest, I would I would call it a snub, um, is DiCaprio for, for Killers of the Flower Moon not being here. Um, Coleman Domingo for Rustin picking up this much like heat is a little surprising considering that the movie is not nearly getting the reception that, you know, the holdovers are, it's not even getting like the reception that Maestro is getting, like Maestro is getting infinitely better reception Mm -hmm. than than Rust. And so the inclusion of that nomination is, is a little surprising. Uh, I know a lot of with uh, Ana de Armas and Blonde. Oh yeah. And Blonde. Wow. I forgot she was nominated for that. That's disgusting. I told, I said Um, she should have (laughs) won. Okay. Um, this this is coming down between Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. Killian mm-hmm. Murphy is gonna pick up the BAFTA, and then I think whoever picks up SAG is is winning this award. Um, but I know a lot of people are kind of like, it's locked for Killian Murphy, and I'd love to say it's locked for Killian Murphy, but I don't think it is. I think there's a very, very good chance that Paul Giamatti wins this award, um, and I'll be happy either way. I think they're both mm-hmm. fucking fantastic in their respective movies. Bradley Cooper is going to have a miserable night at the Oscars because the only thing he's going to win is makeup and hair. Um, and I don't even know if he's that's a lock to win that, but he might go home empty-handed in which he'll be put on the suicide watch list. <laughs> I think uh, I think, uh, I think he'll win makeup and hair sign. I feel like the Oscars love prosthetics. Like if there's anyone with a fat suit or like yeah. a fake nose. But yeah, for this for me, like Coleman Domingo didn't deserve to be nominated. Bradley Cooper, whatever, is a fine performance, but I, I wouldn't have nominated him. But Jeffrey Wright absolutely would be my top five. And then Killian Murphy and, and Paul Giamatti are, are my top two. And I just feel like Killian Murphy had so much more to do and so much more weight on his back in Oppenheimer, even though I think like par, like performance for performance, I think both of them gave some career-defining performances. I just think Killian Murphy just had more on his plate. So I, I hope he wins it, but I'd be happy either way. Zach Efron, yeah. one. <laughs> again it came out way too a lot of people are, are saying it came out after the deadline not true um it just came out late it happens mm-hmm. in movies all the time killing myself come... in front of the academy in <laughs> of fuck you guys i don't think that would do anything <laughs> uh, jesus christ <laughs> best cinematography um el conde killers of the flower moon maestro uh Oppenheimer and Poor Things. Uh I got no idea what El Conde is. No, I've it's, it's so it's on Netflix and I want to watch it. Like the 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 synopsis kind of sounds like a rip. So um Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet is a 250-year-old vampire 
now tired of his yeah. life. He wants to die at last after the disgrace and, fam Real. and family crisis he has caused. So he's like, he slays vampire hunters who attempt <laughs> to kill him, but now he's like, wants to die. So, I mean, it's a vampire movie. So, I mean, like, I'm in. I'll it's watch true. it. How long is I it? Uh, Google, come on. It doesn't give me an answer. <laughs> it's uh, mean, one, one hour 50. Rated perfect. R. Perfect. Cue that up on the phone 1.5 speed it's, you can't you can't get better than that for cinematography so perfect just can't for wait. can't wait um the the other four were kind of expected i think a lot of people expected a past lives nomination over el conde um and a lot of people were even thinking society of the snow could have gotten a nomination here um i personally would have thrown john wick into the bunch the kill john wick oh the killer as well um, but John Wick disgustingly snubbed this year. I mean, expectedly snubbed, unfortunately. Um, but definitely should have been up for more. Um, best visual effects. This one actually kind of surprised me. The creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One, and Napoleon. Hell yeah, uh, part one. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's I no think longer that... a part one. It's tough. Wait, what what do you mean? They they uh, changed all, they changed reckoning. the name of Mission Impossible to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and they removed the part one. Yeah. Oh, did they really? I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, oh, it like very much ends on a cliffhanger. So. <laughs> who knows where uh, they go from here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's because who was Mission Impossible produced by? Because didn't uh, what's his name just sign Tom Cruise just signed that big deal with Warner Bros. I don't know. If yeah, Impossible but I'm sure there's some Mission Impossible specific contract or something. Yeah, probably. Probably. But beside the point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Big big omission, I think, that everyone is kind of screaming about is across Spider-Verse. Yeah, which, you fucking idiots. Yeah, like it's you're just... How? How do you not... I mean, it's crazy that this isn't even the worst Spider-Verse snub that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think it gets way worse. Um, I know you guys... Well, actually, did you guys ever watch When Evil Lurks? Nope. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of tracking back to the cinematography right now, but I think I could have easily gotten a cinematography nomination. Mm. Um, I'm surprised Poor Things didn't squeak its way into visual effects. I could have absolutely seen that given how much the Academy is loving Poor Things. Um, but all right, moving on. Best Sound, The Creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, <laughs> and The Zone of Interest. Um, this is, yeah, I, I think Oppenheimer is winning this award. I think it's a two-horse race between Oppenheimer and the zone of interest, but I, I do think Oppenheimer is going to pull away with a lot of these tech categories. Mm. Um, I'd be happy think, to hear the zone win this one, though. Yeah, I, I'd have no problem with zone winning this one. Um, but ju just like the Real Talk Awards, I think Oppie is going to sweep the shit out of mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, best film editing, Anatomy of a Fall, very deserved. The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Um I think, I think killers was, could win this. I, yeah. I I don't know shit, but I think I I think killers wins three three awards. I think I could see you picking it up, picking it up here. This is one of them. Yeah, still think it's gonna be Oppenheimer, but I could see killers. Yeah, I, I could I see all of them. The holdovers, I wouldn't put like in, as a winner potential here, but I think Anatomy, Killers, Oppenheimer, poor things, they could all win this one. I could mm -hmm. see. Yeah, I would have tossed Perfect Days into this lineup respectfully. Mm. Dude, I watched uh, I, the trailer for Perfect Days played before the Zone of Interest, and it like gave you a you know, taste of the soundtrack. I was like, man, I forgot how the soundtrack dude, is. The soundtrack was ten so out of ten. Good. The only oh true ten God. out of ten soundtrack. Every yeah. every single time another song came on, I started tearing up in that theater. Man, I mm -hmm. swear to God, so it was man. that was. I got to rewatch that movie. 
Um, production design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppie, and Poor Things. Um, four of the expected five, I think Napoleon was kind of the uh, the big squeak in here. I think a lot of people were pulling for Wonka in uh, especially yeah. production and Kai. Yeah, a lot of people. I even I think I texted that in my prediction. I think I had it in costume or production I design. I think I had it in one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good five, um, though. Yeah, I think, I think this it's is like, great five. In my opinion, they had four and they just threw a dart at a dartboard to get that. Like, <laughs> Barbie killers, Oppenheimer, and four uh, things were like, yeah, throw them in. And then they're like, shit, we need five guys. So they just mm-hmm. chucked something at a dartboard and, and pulled out Napoleon. Oh, you know what? Um, backtracking to best sound. I know a lot of people were thinking of um, Ferrari, which is, mm. if, if it were to get a nomination, that would have been the only one I would have squeaked in. But. Um, okay movie animated (laughs) animated feature the boy and the heron elemental nimona robot dreams and spider-verse um nimona's gonna win or some shit yeah robot dreams i'm hoping for that's my number one (laughs) actually unironically i I think boy and the heron is gonna win i think i mean it's a two-man race i'm pretty sure like across and boy but i think it'd be hilarious if like elemental came out victor or something yeah. Listen, I, I like elemental it. i liked it but i'm not i liked elemental too but it not, it's not it's like not better than Suzume i guess I or ninja yeah. turtles no i agree the boy in the hair is probably gonna win this one but i love i love when this oscars nominations came out how they showed like the reactions of like the filmmakers and mm-hmm. the robot dreams one made me laugh because like when the boy because it went in this order so, so the boy in the hair and they like kind of all had to look because they're it's a Mexican produced film, I believe. And then they, they all kind of nodded like, yeah, I expect it, expect it. Then Elemental got named. They all kind of looked at each other like, and I feel like the vibe of the look at each other was like, ah, Elemental's getting nominated. We're fucked here. But then <laughs> Robot Dreams got named and they're like, okay, good. We're, we're back. We're back. But Robot Dreams, my it, favorite of the bunch, but it's going to be the point there. This could have easily been the most stacked category of this entire award show if they just nominated Suzume and Ninja Turtles instead of Elemental and Robot Dreams. Boo, Robot Dreams is number one. <laughs> What's it on? Is it, is it on? No, I, I got the today? neon screener, thankfully, but it comes out, I think, in like February or something. So send it to me. Yeah. That's whack. Yeah, send oh, me that screener too. Yeah, sounds good. I've gotten one. I, I got one screener, like speaking on screeners. I got it for, uh, I, I just took it for whatever that um, one movie is, Tyler, I think. Cult Killer? Yeah, Cult Killer. And I, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it and review it. I haven't yet. So, <laughs> I, I didn't sign a contract or anything, yeah. so I'm not worried about it. But like, uh, I got that on like the, like, I think on the fourth of the year. Love that. It came out the uh, 19th, and I still have that screener. That I, I hope it's I hope it's a half a star movie. Did you watch it? Or? No, I never watched oh. it. No, just, I said, yeah, I'll take the screener. I'll review it on Letterboxd. Then I didn't. <laughs> so All right. Best so international feature. Uh, Io Capitano, Italy, Perfect Days, Japan, Society of the Snow, Spain, the Teacher's Lounge, Germany, and the Zone of Interest, uh, the United Kingdom. This is the Zone of Interest Award, without a doubt. Um, it sucks that France, France, so France nominated another film over um, Anatomy of a Fall, which was just stupid because this could have easily been just another extra award for Anatomy of a Fall. I don't um, think you can... I thought I saw something. You can't be nominated for this and Best Picture. No, you yeah, can. But you the, can. the the problem is that France Justine Trier won the the Palme d'Or for Best Film, and then in her speech, she like was down talking Macron and the and the French government. So then the French because the the country submits the film, so they were like, "Well, this this chick just down talked us. We're not going to submit that." <laughs> but I've only seen three of these. Um, 
I think Society of Snow shouldn't be winning here. Perfect Days is my favorite. Well, actually, no. Zone of Interest I hold higher, but I love per- Perfect Days and Zone of Interest are two of my favorite films I've seen like this century. So either of them, I'd be happy. Saw someone tweet this that it's, it's a really funny award this year because the Zone of Interest is a UK film that was financed by the Polish government, filmed a lot in Poland, and it's with all German actors and a German story. Where society and the Society of the Snow is a Spanish film but it's all Uruguayan and Chilean and Argentinian actors and takes place there. Perfect days in Japan, full German cast, German director, everything German about them. So this is like a all over the place. this is like a true international feature film because the countries you see listed here have basically very little to do with the actual production of every single movie on this list. But yeah, that's where they take place. So, or well, that's, I, I don't even know how it works. I like, like zone of interest UK because Jonathan Glazer and like the production team, but then, like Perfect Days is Japan, even though the Zone of Interest doesn't take place in the UK, but Perfect Days takes place in Japan. But Perfect Days is a full German production. I don't know how this works, man. I, I simply don't know how it works. <laughs> Whatever. Congratulations like, to the nominees. Like, technically, I think uh, Australia could have submitted Talk to Me as an international mm-hmm. film. Right. Um, and then, even that though. That would have been kind I, of funny. That would have been hysterical. <laughs> kind of that would have yeah. been fucking incredible. We'll um yeah we'll we'll not, not let's not movie. act like we watched the documentaries yeah we didn't watch any of the documentaries well, actually um yeah no i didn't see any of those nope. didn't see one um i know a lot of people are saying the the michael j fox still documentary was a snub i'd um, agree i totally like that a lot yeah that, that is that is about all i know um original <laughs> score let's talk about this absolute shit show of a category american fiction indiana jones and the dial of destiny Boo, john williams the woke Dude, the Academy... Shout out John Williams. Stop, stop, stop. The Academy's got John Williams nuts in their mouth. It's absurd. Nothing nothing wrong with a man walking in saying, hey, just run it back and then walking (laughs) out. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with him doing the movie. There's something wrong with how much the Academy blows him. You're arguing that it's a bad score, which it's not. It's just a reused score from every yeah. other Indiana It's Jones not, origi- it's not an back. original score. I agree with completely. What I'm really curious what I'm really curious on is when they debuted Indiana Jones the Die of Destiny in LA at an LA theater, John Williams came out surprised everyone when they pulled up the curtain and did a live performance of the Indiana Jones theme. I really want to know how many like Academy voters were like there. And then there's like, we're locking them in for an original score nomination because of the surprise performance. None of us were expecting, you know, <laughs> John Williams playing chess. Everyone else playing checkers. Could be it, man. I'm just saying like, it's not a bad score. It's just, it, it should not be. No, on here. It's just not original. No, no. Um, he walked and, into and, the and, studio. He said, run that shit back. And he played the hits and walked that's out. That's legitimately what he said. Yeah, All right. We also have Oppenheimer and four things. But again, you're giving John Williams across a spot the over, yeah, yeah, over Daniel Plemberton for across Spider Verse. Like, there's no reason he should not have been on this list. No, um, no I agree with that. I think it's absolutely just funny absurd. That he just did the same exact thing and got original score. Good for him. <laughs> I would have even like dude's gonna win or some shit. Like, I mean, I'll freak out, but you know they're gonna harp on it in whoever's hosting's um, opening monologue. John Williams. Uh, beats John Williams's record for oldest Academy Award nominee. Yeah. Um, like it's gonna be some stupid shitty joke. Well, let's move on before I have an aneurysm to an even worse uh, fucking. Oh my God! Best original song. What a shitty category. Uh, the fire inside from Flaming Hot. Yeah. I'm just Ken from Flamin Barbie. Shout out uh, it, it never went away from American Symphony. Wazaze, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. I definitely mispronounced that, by the way. And what was I made for? 
from Barbie. Um, this is disgusting. This right. is. You, what are you, 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 you ready for you something want? here? Let me let me drop some knowledge real quick. Let it here, please. Diane Warren for the Fire Inside, 2023 nominee best original song. 2022, she got an Academy Award honorary. She was also nominated for applause in 2022 original song. 2021 original song nomination. Somehow you do. 2020 wow. nominated. 2019, 18, 17, 15, 14. Diane Warren, if she releases a song or movie, is getting nominated. She has the <laughs> craziest run. Wow. She's been nominated for. Has one, she ever two, won? I don't know who this is. Nope. Like, she got her honorary Oscar last year. She has never won, but she's been shit. nominated over 15 times for best original song. Man, so she, if she releases a song, it's getting nominated. So yeah, well, even though it's flaming it's, hot, it's yeah, so stupid it should and crazy. <laughs> like, like you want to talk about nuts and mouth of critics. Uh, <laughs> Diane Warren. We, we should have we should have seen Olivia Rodrigo here for Can't Catch Me Now. We should have seen Metro Boomin here for Am I Dreaming? We should have seen Sharon Van Etten here for Quiet Eyes. Um, I agree with all of you. Like what? What Diane are we? This, this I just wanted. A, I wanted Metro Boomin to get nominated just to hear the the grovelly Metro! voice over. Be like <laughs> Metro Boomin. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. He should have been right. nominated, though. Every song Absolute in that playlist dude. is better than every song that was nominated. Hot take. I mean, I don't Not necessarily song, disagree, right. but like, I'm just better than all of them except uh, what was I made for? I'm just Ken was always getting nominated. Always, it was always never a shred of doubt. I hate it. Like, if you, I, I watched that movie back fairly recently ish. Kind of hits. Like it. It don't get it's me wrong. Not bad. I'm just. No, Ken no, it's not hits. bad at all. Uh, I think it what was that made for a win simply because, as George and I know, if, if Billie Eilish is nominated, it's inevitable. Yeah. She's getting she, the dub. She's oh, winning. She's winning. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress, we'll move on. Um, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. America Ferreira for Barbie. Jodie Foster it's... for Nyad. And Divine Joy and Randolph for The Holdovers. It doesn't so matter how. Race. One person. Yeah, it, this is the Divine Joy no Randolph. Even on oh, no one even has a chance. The other no four might as well not even show up. Yeah, it it's not even it, it doesn't even matter like that they nominated Jody and America and how just like shitty of nominations those are. It doesn't even matter because I like this, America Ferrera. No, no, I like no, Barbie. I like this. I I liked her. Not should not have been nominated. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. this is Divine Joy. She's won every supporting actress award under the mm -hmm. sun this season. It's yeah, absolutely it, absurd. It's, it's her like, award he, to win. Emily Blunt's like last year. Yeah, Emily Blunt's like a lap behind and might maybe can pull some crazy miracle. And then, like you said, Danielle Brooks is like still in the starting gate in America Fair, and Jodie Foster didn't even know to buy a horse. Like yeah. they're, they're just they're just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, they're out there dressing uh, nice up up in the stands. They're just having a good time. Um, original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. The exact five that everyone was pretty much predicting. I think a lot of people would have liked to see Air slide in there. I personally would have taken Air over May, December without a question. Um, I like but May, December. I like May, December too. Um, but this is the the five that everyone was predicting. There's not much of a... Um, surprise here, Barbie being an adapted screenplay kind of opened up that door for May, December. So shout out Barbie, I guess, <laughs> um, adapted screenplay, American fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, poor things and zone of interest. Again, pretty much the five everyone expected, except for the obvious snub of killers of the flower moon. Um, but again, this was the start of that American fiction run. The Academy loved this movie. It's not winning one award, 
but the Academy loves this movie based on its nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, but Killers yeah. not being here is kind of wild. That's the biggest snub for sure. But just worth mentioning, Love is in the air. We have Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. I, I think they're married now because they were partners, but I think they just got like surprise married. So they're married. Um, we have Justin Trier and Arthur Harari in a relationship. They have two kids together. Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic married. And then Celine Song. Um, obviously, the movie is a lot about her husband. So we have like four of the 10 nominees are like married screenplay writer couples. So goals, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. I, I think Emma that. and I would kill each other if we tried writing in movies. <laughs> so. what was... Oh, yeah. That's so weird. So Killers of the Flower Moon. So Barbie and... moving to Adapted killed Killers, and that allowed Past Lives. Wait, was Past Lives is not Best Picture nominated, right? No. It is, it is. Past oh, it Lives is. is, yeah. So May, yeah. December is the one that got, is the only one that's nominated for any of the screenplays that's not a Best Picture nominee. So mm. Barbie would have been in there, an original, and would have stayed there fine. And then Killers would have been an Adapted, and we would have had our perfect 10. But because Barbie switched, it was probably between them and Killers at the bottom of the ranks for yeah. who's going to get nominated there and then original screenplay they're like oh we'll give may december something mm-hmm. that's fun. shout out may december mm-hmm. shout out snubbed may. in all acting categories incorrect we none of us watch yeah, any we'll of these short films skip the for, a, that's on. for a brief second when i oh wait wonderful story of henry sugar shout out that i love that we i think we all saw it or some of us saw it i i great best of the shorts from wes anderson red white and blue for a slim second i was like very tired watching the nominations announced i thought it was red white and royal blue for a second and i was about to lose my mind like i was like that actually got nominated that's hilarious but no red white and blue but wonderful story of henry sugar wes anderson was snubbed from everything else at least he got a nomination here hopefully he wins it but um that's the only one i've seen so therefore it's my number one but we'll move on to these hold on what was the uh um Oh, uh, our boys, the Raiders of the Lost Podcast, Midnight Ruin, snubbed. Mm-hmm. Snubbed. For sure, snubbed. snubbed. Um, best hair and makeup, um, Golda, no idea what that is. Neither Maestro, Oppie, Poor Things, and Society of Snow, um, which I know a lot of people were predicting last minute. Um, this, this is probably going to be the only award Bradley Cooper goes home with. I don't even think he goes home with it because he's not the one winning this award. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but the only award Maestro I think is going to go home with his hair and makeup. I just don't think there's no standout here. I personally think there's nothing that like really blows your mind. So I think you're going to go to the movie that you the know. big, the biggest snub of this was, was Guardians of the Galaxy. Not 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 yeah. Or maybe maybe costume design wherever it gets roped in. But they had the most prosthetics in any movie ever, and they did a lot of practical. You know, come on. They weren't even on the short list, so like we knew they were getting snubbed for a long while. Um, <laughs> but that's that's movie, crazy. Man. I mean, not I, I think at all. I'm not. No, normally they get a nom for like like didn't Quant- Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania get like visual effects or some shit or was that Guardians? It was also Guardians. Guardians. Um, but normally they get something like just throw them in, and I'm not saying like MCU should be nominated for a whole lot of these by any <laughs> means, but like that, I think they deserved at least at least a makeup and hairstyling. Mm-hmm. over yeah, like yeah. i didn't care for society of the snows like nothing about it made me like lose my mind oppenheimer poor things maestro fine i've not seen golda so i'm not going to comment on it but society of the snow <laughs> fine movie yeah the uh, uh for bradley cooper haters if, if you are one out there the best makeup and hairstyling going to maestro being the only one would be poetic because the biggest thing talked about about maestro the six months leading up to it was his nose and if that's the only thing that comes out and gets an oscar win 
um, would be kind of poetic for the haters of Bradley Cooper, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, make him a hairstyling, whatever. I, I think it's like, like even Oppenheimer, like what, what, what in there is like that, that crazy for making up a hairstyling. The, the we'll final see. scene when they're all older and they, True. and, and they I guess, them. and I guess their faces being like ripped off. So, okay. Yeah. I can see. I, I rescind my uh, somewhat <laughs> negatively pointed comment. Oh. All right. Costume design. Barbie kills the flower moon. Napoleon. Oppenheimer and poor things. Hold on, is um, this the same as the production? The exact same five as production design. Uh, Barbie killers, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, poor things. Yeah, so makeup, yeah. Uh, costume, and production, same exact five. Should have squeezed. Fucking poor things Wonka. deserves it all. Well, Barbie deserves some, but I think poor things are Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of one of those. Two. I, don't I know think if Barbie that's who will win. That's just who I think. I think one of those two will would too. Um, mm. I think it'll be Barbie. Um, and then supporting actor Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Um, shout out, Bob. Shout out, Bob. Which shout one? Out Bob. Bob Downey. <laughs> I told you, I didn't like Robert De Niro in Killers. Like, I think he was like very not good, honestly. I, I'm, I'm, clearly on the wrong side of history with that one i, just, I didn't i didn't care <laughs> he's been nominated it. everywhere yeah <laughs> I, I loved I, him in it yeah that's fine i just i really didn't uh, think it was that i think they nominated the right poor things actor though i mean william defoe is great but i think mark ruffalo deserves yeah, the nomination yeah. over they him. definitely nominate i think they should have nominated so both too. poor things actor i think substitute william defoe for sterling k brown and i think that's your five um no other subs i can think of that are worthy of this supporting actor nomination i don't think of Sterling K. Brown will win. I don't think Robert De Niro will win. I don't think Mark Ruffalo no. will win. Like I, I don't I think, think it's just between. I, and like I don't think Ryan Gosling will win. But I yeah, I don't. I don't think it's between anyone. I think I think in the Robert Academy guys, that's that's like the Ryan and Robert are the two options. I feel like in yeah, the Academy guys, not in mine. But. I think it's Robert Downey Jr. Without a doubt. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I'm just thinking, like, up, you know how Ryan Gosling posted that whole thing saying like how so he was upset that or like, you know, acknowledging that, yeah, he got nominated, which is great. But, you know, it's sad seeing not Greta and Margot. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of like not like funny, but like, I don't know. I'm picturing an alternate reality in my head of him winning Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> just getting up there and being like, sorry, ladies, welcome to the Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah. <laughs> and the baby and just walking up. <laughs> just full 180, just roasting uh, them. Um, but yeah, those are all the nominees. Yeah, some uh, some notable movies that did not get nominated: John Wick, uh, Suzume, The Killer, um, Wonka. I know you know production and costume design would have been nice to see something in there. Um, Iron, Claw. Iron Claw, Ninja Turtles, um, heartbreaking. Air would have been cool to see a nomination for Air. Um, Andrew Scott for Best Actor. I know a lot of people were yeah. pulling for him for All of Us Strangers. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see that. Um, yeah, yeah, all the strangers got nothing. I thought all the actors, in it, like, I didn't love the movie, but I thought all the actors in it, yeah, like, all the supporting, all the leads were so great. Like, I, yeah, I thought that we could sign. I, 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 I thought Paul Mesco and Andrew Scott were for sure gonna get awards, but mm-hmm. guess not. Um, uh, but that wraps up our uh, Jesus Christ, what did that just wrap up? Our Oscar, Oscar nominations, <laughs> our Oscar <laughs> nominations. Uh, you just have like an aneurysm. Fart. Yeah, I just had a massive brain fart. I, for, I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> um, but moving on, um, you know, we'll keep it in Oscar spirit. We don't have a, uh, we don't have a draft or a game. 
we're just going to kind of go backwards a couple years, talk about the best picture winners, um, and then talk about who we personally think should have won. Ha um, wiki. Yeah, there it is. Um, so again, just another, uh, just another segment of dudes naming movies. Um, so we'll start in 2010, I guess, and then we'll move our way uh, to 2022 or 2023. In 2010, we had The King's Speech, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. This was one of the more, I guess, controversial wins over the last decade and a half. Obviously, you have The Social Network and Inception and The Fighter and Black Swan all in one category, and you go with The King's Speech. Um, God, The like, Social Network, right? It has to be the social network or inception. I my my Nolan bias would make me say, Cam, you're on mute. My Nolan bias would make me say inception, but I, I think it just has to be the social network on this one. I'll say something you cowards are too afraid to admit, but the best it's not Toy Story Three. It's Toy Story Three. You no, it's not. Yeah, it's Toy Story Three. <laughs> it is. It is. But if it's not Inception, it, it uh, would be my pick. Um, and then the social network are, yeah, are my top they, three from that year. The King's fuck, Speech being fuck the King's speech. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like, it's the most forgettable movie, I think, of this mm. 10. Um, also, shout, I mean, shout out Toy Story 3 for getting that nomination. We I, Have we seen? We have not seen we'll know, a... we'll, we'll figure that out, because shout out Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, we just... see, we'll scroll through, we'll see it, man. But I don't think we have seen a, a animated picture be nominated um, for... Uh, for best picture since then, unless we consider Hugo, which we'll see in 2011, um, 2011, the artist, the descendants, bad year, bad year for movies. I yeah. Know. Not, not a good year. The artist, the descendants, uh, extremely loud and incredibly close. The help Hugo midnight in Paris, Moneyball, um, the tree of life and Warhorse. cam. I know what you're picking from this. I only have one five out of five from that year and it's Moneyball. I don't have, um, I Actually, will admit, I, do. I don't have a single one of these rated other than Moneyball. So maybe, really? I'm, yeah, don't have any I mean, of them. The, I only the have one five out of five here, and that's Tree of Life. I still need to see Tree of Life. The only five out of five the I have from life, this year. Uh, is the Tree is of Life uh, Brad Pitt Terrence too? Terrence Malick, yeah. Brad Pitt, though, is in it. Yeah, Spoiler okay. for a Trivia 10 question coming up. Nope. Oh, shit. <laughs> My bad. Um, Not for George, don't worry. Yeah, God damn it. Sorry. Um, Deathly Hollows Part Two is my only five out of five from this year. Wow! Um, All right, yeah, All yeah. Right. But but we're also missing like Ryan Gosling's Drive came out this year. Yeah, um, Warrior I was mean, really good. Um, Warrior people, was great. I think people talk about. I, I don't know. I have it a four and a half out of five, but I have it like a eighty-eight out of hundred. I feel like people talk about Warrior like it's one of the best movies ever. I know I like Sammy it. loves Warrior. Yeah, a lot of people um, do, which is it's fine. I I enjoy the movie as well. I just don't movie. think it's the most amazing piece of cinema never gonna get nominated but the cabin in the woods might be my second favorite movie of this year um but obviously never gonna get fucking nominated crazy stupid Um, love deserves more respect true (laughs) quickly back to 2010 hilarious to see 127 hours get nominated that's just such a funny (laughs) i forgot about that movie to be honest with you i feel like every year has that hilarious best nomination like the only reason hugo not nominated was because it's martin scorsese right um and the best the the best fast and furious of the uh of all time that year fast Fast five five. (laughs) fast five hell yeah um 2012 uh, Argo, 
Amor, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Les Mis, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Um, again, I only have one five out of five this year. Was not nominated. That's Francis Ha. I have um, uh, I have three five out of five. Django uh, was five out of five for me. Argo and then Skyfall. Uh, as well. I like Skyfall a lot. I think it should have at least gotten a nom, especially in these in this list. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't have Zero Dark Thirty rated, but I've definitely watched it at least twice since. I love like Zero I've Dark started Thirty. Letterbox. I don't know, or maybe not, but I feel like I watch it fairly often. I think, um, I think Marvel's The Avengers could have been nominated. I'll say uh, it. I don't care. I'll say yeah. it. I'm looking at my I'm looking at my ratings right now and just back on the the perks of being a wildflower, uh, the Dumbo poster that I showed like a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I was like, what the fuck is that movie? And then I scrolled over. I was like, oh yeah. It's the perks uh, of being a wildflower. Looper was great. Uh oh, yeah. Silver Linings oh. on here. Yeah, Silver I am Linings. Surprised Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master didn't get nominated. Oh wow. Like yeah. I'm stunned that that didn't get nominated. It's mm-hmm. um, I'm shocked didn't get nominated. Definitely yeah, Francis Francis High would definitely be my number one from this year. I really like uh, Argo, so I'm I'm fine with it winning. I, like I, I also really obviously love Django Unchained. Um, I, I mean I like Silver Lines Playbook. I, Zero Dark Thirty's fine. Lincoln's fine. Like there's nothing really here that I'm hating, but I'm yeah. I'm fine with Argo winning. Mm-hmm. I like Argo, so I'm glad it's one. I got, I'm glad it's one. 2013, another. Just looking at my ratings, stacked fucking year. Um, really? And obviously the, the Oscars did not do it justice. They got 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, and The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, they snubbed Her. Oh, no, they did not. My bad. Uh, they snubbed Prisoners. The Prisoners. Brothers, prisoners. Um, I don't know if you guys are high on the Coen's brothers inside Lewin Davis, but that's a five-star movie yep. for me. Love it. I haven't seen it. Um, About Time. Should have been nominated. Was never going to be nominated. Let's make that clear. Same thing with The Conjuring. Um, never going to be nominated. Both good movies. Um, uh, um, the the one of the best animated movies of the year, George. The Flashpoint Paradox should have been nominated. Yes, Flashpoint. Yeah. Even Dark Knight Returns Part Two came out that year. Yeah. Stacked year for the DCAU. Mm-hmm. Um, Catching. I would have gone her. Of these nominees, I would have gone her. Oh, of the nominees, no. I would have gone. Oh, I probably would have gone the Wolf of Wall Street. Actually, that's fair uh, too. That's fair too. I think Prison Prisoners is my number one of the oh, year, yeah. but of these of the nominated, I'd probably go Wolf of Wall Street. Twelve Years a Slave is great, though. It is <laughs> Man of good. Steel. Man of Steel should have been nominated, no doubt. I uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I'll give you an I guess on that one. Thanks. Snowpiercer, very good. Uh, Snowpiercer, fantastic. Old Boy remake. Stop. <laughs> Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. Maybe? Could be that. Right, oh, shit. Now you see me. Now you see me. Peak. That's um, now you see me. That is a good movie. I just rewatched that. Um, 2014, Birdman, which was the eventual winner. And we also have American Sniper, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Um, whiplash i think i yeah. think do we all agree on whiplash i, I have mean four, i have four or five out of fives from the year i have four as well yeah i got i, got I mean my whiplash. highest is boyhood but that's more personal that's grand that's budapest fair. hotel i love um but whiplash is probably who i would pick yeah jason blum 
really just attaching his name to that as a producer. Good for you, but you you need to get back to this. get back to producing these kind of movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had the Grand Budapest Hotel, five out of five, uh, Gone Girl, Nightcrawler, and Whiplash. Nightcrawler actually might be my highest rated from that year. I can't remember for sure. Academy hates Jay Hall. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick, man, that should have been fucking nominated. Where can I see my own review? I feel like John Wick's one of those, like it was obviously huge when it came out, but I feel like that's one that's just been growing in popularity in the years to come. So I guess I'm not super surprised to see first John Wick not get nominated because I feel like it wasn't the cultural zeitgeist it is now. I take that back. Whiplash was my highest rated of the year. Not Interstellar, though. That should not have been nominated. Oh, it, it wasn't. It won. Yeah, it won. It wasn't. Relax. Well, no, I'm just saying. I just noticed it's, it was it from that should year. Have it should have been. Be oh, people, uh, I'm trying to get the Yeah, Interstellar, like, we're too young for the film Twitter. We weren't on film Twitter at the time. But Interstellar used to be, like, hated, like, by critics. Like, it, it was not, like, maybe I'm talking on my ass. But at least from the film Twitter sphere. I know Interstellar was like it's more recently that people are starting to love it. Like as in like yeah. last like eight years, not not yeah. super recently, but when it first came out, I'm pretty sure film Twitter hated it. And wow. now it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Bang. One one MCU <laughs> movie that genuinely should have been nominated is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. X Men X Men Days of Future Past. What a I love movie. your commitment to oh, the bit. I love yeah. the, no, bit. the biggest. I'm off the screen. The biggest snub of 2014 actually is. Uh, not in best picture it's the lego movie not winning <laughs> best no it's not even getting it's the lego movie not getting nominated for or yeah getting nominated for best animated picture because it has like that five minute scene of will um will yeah. Ferrell in non-animation bullshit <laughs> bullshit I, I, what was what bullshit. was the recent animated movie that everyone was uh up in arms about marcel the shell mm-hmm. that's another one if you were yeah. animated yeah, yeah, it's bullshit, man. Yeah, that is bullshit. Twenty fifteen. Um, Spotlight, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. This was the year. I'm pretty sure Fury Road got like eleven nominations, but Denis did not get a direct. I mean, um, Denis, Jesus Christ, George Miller. Um, George Miller did not get a. Uh, Director a nom- directing nomination. I think I said Denis because I was thinking the same thing happened with Dune, where it mm-hmm. picked up like ten nominations, but Denis did not get a best director nomination. Um, but yeah, Fury Road is without a doubt my pick from this lineup. I uh, no, you yeah, that. yep, no, I'd say same, same. Although I, it's, um, it, we're missing some notable like Inside Out. Come on, yeah, I have Sicario. five. I have five. Uh, five out of fives from this year in Sicario, Inside Out um the martian and then everyone and i just sent you guys to tweet about it the big short should have been was it nominated? no yeah it, was nominated. Been, it was yeah good they big short was nominated that <laughs> that's the best movie from that year there's a stacked year like i'm surprised straight out of the compton didn't get nominated um yeah that is shocking tarantino's the hateful eight i mean i think that movie bangs i just rewatched it we watched Before spotlight show. for uh for for yeah. uh, that real quick, yeah, I, I yeah, like it a real lot. Quick. I don't, I don't hate that it won. I don't think it should have, but I, I don't hate that it won. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's definitely a good movie. We all had glowing reviews of that movie. I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. any of us disliked it. I think it was one that I looked back on for Oscar wins and be like, oh, that like is one of the like least deserving. And then rewatching it for that real quick, I was like, you know what, this yeah. is this is a good film. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Twenty sixteen. Uh, Moonlight. Arrival. Fences. Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, and Manchester by the Sea. 
Congratulations, um, La La Land. I'm winning. They turned off the Oscars <laughs> right after they won. So shout out to them. Huge, huge, huge win for uh, Damien Giselle. My favorite Best Picture winner of all time, La La Land. Uh, great, great work. Great work. No, no notes here. Nothing else. Stand 2016. Yeah. Shout out to Absolutely La La Land. Absolutely tragic. <laughs> Do you have a guess Jesus how many Christ. five out of fives I have from 2016? Seven. Dude, I have uh, seven. That's crazy. Close. I've got eight. Got eight. Really? Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. You get you got La La Land. Yeah, of course. You have a rival. No. You don't have a rival. No. Your rival's a. I got this. A I got this. Let me let me pick it up. You got Hell or High Water. Yeah, of course. You got Moonlight. Yes. Uh, you got Manchester by the Sea. Yep. So what are we at now? Four or five? We're at four. I'm getting four. Four. Um. One. Yeah, I don't have animated. Or sorry, two are animated. Oh, you you have the nice guys. Uh, yes. Yep. That's five. So three more two and two are, are animated. animated. Two are animated. Yep. One a is si- a no. either a, si- a silent voice or your name. Your name. Okay. And then silent no way voice. you have Zootopia at a five and five. No, sir. Moana, man. Oh, Moana's my God. <laughs> Moana is so goddamn good. You're all clowns. And then uh, Train to Busan as well. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, Train yeah, to Busan. Okay. Wow, we have very my my five set. Wow, this is a stacked fucking year. Yeah, what a good got, year. Yeah, I got La La Land, Arrival, Moonlight, Your Name, The Handmaiden, Silent Voice, and Sing Street. I haven't seen The Handmaiden. Maybe that'll be. It. I've heard it's great. Yeah, you Sing you, Street four and a half, Silent Voice four and a half. Oh, Bible shut up, Moonlight though. Like I'm, I'm happy Moonlight won. I, I was, yeah, I was very Moonlight. I was joking about La La Land being getting the win and then being a takeaway. Not saying that La La Land was like the most egregious oh, snub yeah. of all time. I was, it was a joke on that. Moonlight, good job winning. Yeah, I, Moonlight, definitely not, not a bad win whatsoever. I mean, Pops, Pops La, La, La Land should have. I mean, La I prefer La La, La Land. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Whatever. Um, all right, moving on. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah, poor, poor. Poor lineup. The yeah. Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, yeah. uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I'm just happy Get Out was even nominated. Um, Should have won. Fantastic. Well, of these nominees, yes. Um, but like Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. that, should, that had to be in the nominees list. Dude, that thing didn't get nominated for shit. It also didn't make shit money. It yeah, made it made it, that was what one of the most like inconsequential movies of all time until now. Yeah. Like, people on, on the spot, people did not care for Blade Runner 2049. And then at the end of the decade, everyone had it in their like most underrated movies of the decade list. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Um they were right. I also, I, I also have Coco and Logan out of five out of five. So I would have liked to see either of them nominated, but do people like this year in movies? Because like I have a shit ton of four and a halfs and fives. I have a lot of four and a halfs. Yeah, I got it. I, I don't have. A, I only have. I have five fives actually. Yeah, this I is a good ass year. Yeah, I got six fives. Yeah, um, this year bang. My, my highest rated would have been Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, yeah, that's my highest rated. And, and Wind River. Out. Oh, Wind River came out this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wind River is great. And then the big sick, Logan, Coco, get out. Get out. I haven't seen The Shape of Water yet, but I, I like a lot of these nominees a lot. I love Call Me By Your Name. Huge fan of Dunkirk, Get Out. Lady Bird's great. Phantom Thread, I love. I know Three Billboards is one of Seth's like, least favorite movies of all time. So Yeah, it did yeah it's like crazy. It. War for the Planet of the Apes that year. Should have won. The Lego Batman movie should have won. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what all-time, right, 20, all-time year. Moving on to 2018. Uh, Green Book, Black Panther. 
Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Um, the the obvious annoying snub here is across is into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. um, and then. The only other five out of five I have from this year is Hereditary, so it would have been nice to see that pick up a nomination, but it did not. My, um, uh, my three five out of fives, this is the most like IP year for me because my three five out of fives are Mission Impossible, Fallout, Avengers, uh, Infinity War, and Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Those are my, and then Haunting of Hill House was that year too, uh, just, just to uh, add that in. So yeah. It was, yeah. Of these nominees, I think, I think my highest rate is Black Klansman. Mine's a star yeah. is born of these nominees. Mine really? would probably be I like Vice. I, I, I like I, think, I still I like Vice day, a lot. I, I do Vice is very good. I can't believe Christian Bale did not win. I can't believe he lost to Rami Malik. Yeah, that's, that's such bullshit, man. That's insanity. Um, what do you guys actually have uh Bohemian Rhapsody at? I haven't seen it. Really? I think. Interesting. I think a two and a half or okay. two. I have it at three and a half. Like I don't think by any means it's a bad movie. It was just I I think it's a bad movie. Really, I, it's just mega Oscar bait. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, um, well let's move on to to in my mind the best year in film of all time, 2019. We got Parasite, Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood absolutely cracked category uh parasite is my number one of the year so i'm happy yep. that 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 came out on top um yep yep but my god um another five out of fives that i have that weren't nominated uncut gems yep. um portrait of a lady on fire yep uh the lighthouse yep um and then god my list of four and a half from this year just goes on and on it's absurd um, Knives out knives out yes out of absolutely it's out of metal but that's um, 2020 but letterboxd has it as 20 yeah um john wick three the farewell um ford v ferrari was nominated at <laughs> astra jesus this year was disgusting jojo rabbit did you mention that jojo rabbit yeah nominated right yeah nominated um yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. i am happy they i i i watch like this award ceremony quite often One of the the best years for comic book movies? Question mark. Endgame, Joker, Spider Man: Far From Home. Come on, (laughs) come on. They're all great. Crawl Uh, is from this year, George. You know, is it real? Yeah, Crawl is great. Hey, Crawl, Crawl was good. I told you, I did not dislike Crawl. A couple very good Uh, movies that we haven't named: Just Mercy and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, and then Us, Jordan Peele's Us. Oh yeah. Man, Little this year women. Was did you mention fucking? I, I did. Yeah, nominated, right? Yeah, yeah nominated. I'm not even looking at the nominees. That's on me. That's on me. Yeah, nominated. Um, moving on to the 2020s. You know, now now we're getting into more familiar territory. Nomadland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago Seven. Considering 90% of movies meant to come out that year got delayed, this is a pretty decent lineup. I think. I don't think this is a terrible lineup at all yeah i would have went for the father i still haven't seen nomadland and planning on watching it this week but i love sound of metal also but the father is definitely my my standout of the year yeah i i probably would have gone with um either trial of chicago 7 or uh sound of metal um my only five out of five from this year was another round not nominated unfortunately Mm -hmm. um 
would have loved this. See, this would have been a perfect year to give Soul a nomination. Yeah, like, yeah, like it just would have been a perfect year to nominate an animated movie. They've like lost, they've lost most of these movies are forgettable. The Oscars ha- lost their sauce. Yeah, they they they've lost it. Um, Tenet. I'm, uh, did you guys get tickets to Tenet? Yep. No. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, did you guys see that in theaters? Like when it came out, I already seen. No. I've already seen it in theaters. Um, when. When it came out, like it was, it like came out during, for a few weeks in theaters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know that time frame. Um, yeah, it, it was a great watch in theaters. Um, but I think I've already gotten my experience with that. I'm not gonna, and I don't love it as much as you guys. I like it. Uh, good. I mean, I'm excited to rewatch it. I'm excited to see how it holds up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 2021, uh, Coda somehow. Belfast. Yeah. Don't look year. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I don't know how those last one, two, three, four, five movies squeak their way into this. 2021 is a bad year in movies. No, no. It's not a bad year for movies. This is just a bad lineup. No, because Dune and Coda are the best movies of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, but like the French Dispatch needed to be here. Okay, I haven't seen it. Like, uh, come on, come on, needed to be here. Spencer needed to be here. The Green Knight, like, on the The count of three. Like, this is a good year in film. They just nominated shit. Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, like, (laughs) come on. No, I I like Dakota win. I would have, uh, Dune is my favorite of the year. Dakota's right up there. I love Drive My Car also. Um, I like drive my car. I like Belfast. Yeah. I think you guys aren't Belfast fans. I like it a lot. Nah. I like the harder they fall a lot. Oh, that's not nominated. That's cool. Um, that I was like a that good one movie. A lot. Tick, tick, Mitchell's boom. versus the Machines. Another perfect year to nominate an animated movie. This is bullshit. I don't know. I'm not a fan of 2021 in 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 movie in as a year in whole. I guess mm. that's what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, then let's move on to what I think is the best year of this decade so far, 2022. We had everything everywhere all at once. A quiet, all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar: The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inisherin. Elvis. The Fablemans. Tar. Top Gun Maverick. Triangle of Sadness. And Women Talking. Um, stacked. I think yeah. we're all happy with the winner. Yep. I mean, yeah. yeah I was. Yeah, I was I'm, three of the last four years picking the best winner. Uh, I'm out. I'm out this year. The best picture <laughs> winner. Sorry, I'm out this year because obviously the Iron Claw isn't winning. But. <laughs> But, uh, uh yeah stack obviously we we all of us would have liked to see an after sun nomination yeah. mm-hmm. um yep. i would have liked to see a batman nomination but that was never gonna happen um cowards Puss cowards boots. man uh, yeah put some boots um babylon surprising a little bit um not making it here um but overall i, I this, Decision this to is leave. Decision to leave got, I'm pretty sure, snubbed everywhere. Snubbed I don't think I picked up yeah. one nomination. No noms. Um, not even an international film, which is just crazy. Um, I don't think it's better than All Quiet, but it is what it is. Um, what else? Del Toro's Pinocchio came out that year. Yeah, I'm happy with this. I, I'm, I'm happy with the lineup. lineup. I think it's a great lineup. One of the better ones we've had. And I'm yeah. happy everything overall once won. I think it was a, a good year for the Oscars. Yeah, and then uh, we already went through 2023, mm-hmm. um, so that'll wrap us up there. Um, that'll pretty much wrap up our episode. Um, we are, of course, this week, like we said at the beginning of the episode, all of our 
typical reviews and drafts that drop Thursday and Friday, the patron sponsored stuff that going forward is patron exclusive. Um, so if you want to be able to still watch those, take a look at our Patreon, take a look at our, our tiers this week, we are going to be reviewing Terminator two judgment day. And then we are going to be drafting the best or our favorite movies, uh, under 90 minutes. Um, so if you want to be able to watch or listen to those, take a look at our Patreon, um, take a look at our tiers. Again, we've made them a little more advantageous, a little just more, uh, a little more consolidated, I would say. Um, but that pretty much wraps up our episodes. Let me pull up the. Uh, I got the executive producers, but um, to clarify, the the okay. drafts are still going to be public on Thursdays, but on, on Friday oh, reviews are going to be exclusive. But we also changed the tiers, so the executive producer tiers is is the highest tier now. So we only have one. We have one executive producer, one king, Stefan Johnson, King. We've at the, we've done probably at least three or four of his real quick suggestions throughout the past year yeah. and a half or so. But shout out Stefan Johnson um, for being the one executive producer. Going forward, we'll be announcing executive producers at the beginning and ending of the episodes. But that has now been moved to the highest tier. So Stefan Johnson, King, huge supporter of the podcast, has been for a long time. I know I've seen him order merch, seen him recommending stuff all the time. Very active Discord member. So shout out Stefan Johnson for being our one executive producer. But yeah, I'll kick to you to kind of tie us up. Yeah, well, we'll wrap the episode there. If you made it this far, and if you are on YouTube, comment below who you think should win Best Picture this year, whether it be one of the nominated bunch or a film that wasn't nominated that you guys think was number one of the year. Um, comment below, let us know. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 72, and we will see you on Thursday mm -hmm. for our real quick draft. Yep, perfect. Peace. Awesome. <laughs>